Welcome back to This Week in Lego. Hey everybody, it's the Boy Hattie Podcast. Yes, we, we're talking about Lego. Bill said, let's just start recording. We're, we're having a podcast because we were talking about Twitch, and then we are like, okay, we should save that for podcast, and then we started talking about Lego, and like, oh, this is practically podcast talk right now anyway. So after we record today, we're going to take, if he's well-behaved this morning, um, my wife is out having breakfast with Noah, our little six-year-old friend, and Josephine, our little two-year-old friend. Is that his sister? Yeah. No, oh, okay. Um, Jojo, she's the best. And uh, Noah's also the best. They're equally the best. Uh, she's going to go play with Noah for a little while. He has discovered uh, the Lego video games on iPad. Part of his reward system is at home is if he's very, very good, he can play iPad for an hour, a uh, half hour. Yeah. It's really cute because he goes, he goes and gets the kid, the egg timer. He has an egg timer that's for his playtime. Oh, she makes it he sets process. it. So, no, Noah's a very methodical kid. Well, he's that was his some... mom's thing. His yeah. mom was like, you may have a half hour. No, but he he's seems... very precise. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, if you, if you tell him here are, like, a couple of things and give him three, he'll go, that is not two, that is three. Like, he's a very precise, smart kid. Mm. So, yeah, he because he wants every... He, he goes and sets the timer because he wants every minute he has coming to him. He wants to use it in his legal court case against his folks about exactly. making sure he gets that half He's hour. He's quite yeah. the little negotiator. Yeah. So he, um, he fully went over That's to visit him, yeah. and he was playing the Lego game on iPad. And it's a really awkward port. It was a Lego Star Wars game. And she had to explain to him, well, if you switch between characters, they can do different things. Like Jar Jar can jump higher. So if you switch to Jar Jar, you can jump up and get this stuff. Yeah. And it was really cute because he really got excited about it. He was like, because he was able to do more things. And he was so thrilled. And then she just looks at him and she's like, Noah, would you like to come over to my house and play a Lego game with a controller? And he just looks at her and goes, yes, please. I would like that very much. So they have a date to yeah, go play you, a Lego game. Because you played games with him with controllers and stuff, so he's used to that. Well, we play. he would come over to our house and we would play um, Connect games. Like, we would play the um, Happy, like the Connect Theater game from Double Fine. What is it? Happy Action Theater. Yeah. And um, also Once Upon a Monster. But he, it was still, A, the connect is not always very precise, and B, he didn't really understand the correlation. So it was always kind of a struggle. I've heard a lot of people talk about, like, kids are kind of entertained by the connect, but, yeah. like, even for kids, the controls don't work very exactly. well. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not a satisfying Well, it, because it's not very precise, yeah. and then because it's still a little if abstract. If you can't feel like you're really in control, then, like, even for kids, they're going to yeah. lose interest. Yeah. We did, the last time he was over a few months ago, we did play some Rayman with him. And, you know, that gave us a little, yeah, like the, yeah. yeah, it was a little too hard for him, but it was really cute. I have some pictures of him, like, pulling up the controller to jump and all that stuff, because... There's a lot of shit going on in those games, so all the collectibles, and there are some crazy yeah. jumps and stuff you have to do. And... Was that the one with all the music stages? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. even that would be, like, very yeah. timing. He really liked and... it, though. Yeah. He thought it was really well, cute. So, yeah. we're, uh, we're getting the Lego movie video game, we're gonna play with him today. Is it the Lego movie game, or is it the Lego like unleashed or something that came out like last year it was on for the wii u everyone says it's like one of the best oh there it's was like, like a lego city game yeah the, the lego wii u. city undercover i think that's yeah. what i'm thinking i can't remember if it's that hasn't reported ex anything exclusive yeah. it was wii u it's, exclusive. it's the lego open world game where yeah. it's kind of it's essentially lego gta everyone yeah. said that that was actually pretty good um the lego movie game is just like another lego game like yeah. all the are you just uh, just like lego star wars it's You're exactly just kind of running like around like everything else you can switch between characters oh yeah does you like the lego movie yeah okay yeah so God, Lego's getting its claws. So the here's the thing: we go. I, just, I was hanging out with a kid last night, and he was all yeah. Lego Star Wars. Yeah, and stuff like that. yeah. It's we funny to see all these kids who only know Star Wars, as like not even yeah. Clone Wars cartoons, but yeah. just through the Lego toys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, if he's behaved during all these various and sundry activities, he gets to go with 
me and Foley and our friend Jimmy to Bricks and Minifigs down yeah. at Canby. But I was telling Aww. Bill, this will be interesting because we had told uh, Julia, Noah's mom, that uh, uh, about the this where you could go buy minifigs. And they have, part of his reward system is that he earns points and like money by being a good brother and doing chores and all this it's stuff. A smart system, yeah. And then he can redeem them for a guy, for a Lego guy, but a guy is ten bucks. And so we told Julia that, oh yeah, they have minifigs there ranging from like three bucks to ten bucks. And she was she oh being hilarious. Julia Where's goes, I can get ahead with this. Like if I can sell him a three dollar minifig for ten dollars. Where's she giving that her Lego minifigures are ten bucks? Because that's actually still pretty expensive. Well, I mean, think about it. If you're just getting them, I don't know where she gets them, but I can't imagine like that she's not getting blind box stuff, which yeah. is like about it was, that. It was funny. I was hanging out with Grumpy Turtle last night, and yeah. uh, well, with a, well, a bunch of people. And Grumpy Turtle, he actually gave just out of the blue. He on the way over here, he stopped by Fred Meyer's, picked up a bunch of Simpsons blind box, yeah, uh, Lego figures, uh-huh. and they must be like six bucks a piece. But he like brought over five, and he's like, okay, we're gonna open these. Any ones I don't have, I get to keep. Any ones you don't have, you get to keep. And the Aww. difference will just. Uh, there happened to be a kid hanging out with us last night, so yeah. we gave him like the one duplicate figure that neither of us needed. Aww. But, what a good uh, guy. But yeah, even those are like just like six bucks. Yeah. But anyway. But now uh, we're talking about Lego pricing on the podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But the thing is, is that I'm telling oh, Julia, God. she's she's hearing this and she's thinking, oh, I can get ahead. But I'm I'm thinking we're gonna take Noah to Bricks and Minifigs. Yeah. He's gonna see that those are three dollars, <laughs> and then he's gonna go home and haggle with his mother. So we may have created a situation I'm make here. You guys, a list of the exclusive droids that come with the new Sandcrawler set that mm. came out. That that's oh man, they got like Treadwell. He's essentially kind of like Star Wars version of Wally. He's just like on treads and he's got a little stick body and like little shit. And there's like this big dildo robot that doesn't move. That they still made a Lego figure. If you see this this robot, you would say that looks like a goddamn dildo. <laughs> it's like the seven foot tall steel gray with no like. Ro- it's a droid with no moving parts or anything. Like just looks like a giant phallic thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the droids that the Jawas tried to sell Luke Skywalker. And his family in the first Star Wars movie, but that's like part of this Lego set. I'm like that actually looks great, like figure. Even though I can't have any movie parts or yeah, anything like that, yeah. but yeah, no, that's that's I'm, that that's cool that you're taking a kid out there. That's yeah, along with we'll Jimmy, see. friend yeah. of the podcast Jimmy, who exactly. I was also hanging out with yeah. last night. Well, so last night I had some friends over. We watched um, uh, the Miyazaki slash Studio Ghibli documentary, The Kingdoms of uh, Dreams and Madness, that I've been raving about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was not exactly the movie that you have people over on a Saturday night who are like, yeah, <laughs> let's watch this because it's very slow moving. And then even then, it's a, it's a documentary about, like, an old angry Japanese guy, like, drawing cartoons for yeah. two hours. And even then, it's undercut with, like, three minute long cuts of like the studio cat just like sleeping and stuff so it's not <laughs> it's fun if you're watching it by yourself in chunks over the it's course of the week it's not a party week, movie yeah so I kind of re- I felt yeah. bad for dragging everyone over for that but yeah we were hanging out with um with a uh, gr- uh, listener Grumpy Turtle uh, who yeah brought over all the Simpson stuff thank you again Daniel for all the goddamn Simpson stuff it's fantastic I got both itchy and scratchy that's pretty good and, and uh, uh, Annie was fondling is it scratchy the cat his axe yes he's got she's a like, good oh, axe he's got a good axe do you want the axe maybe I should keep the axe but maybe if no you, need the you axe, have the axe I will you, get the axe could, off eBay could you buy the, the Brave Bricks and Minifigures does not have like an accessories bin they have some accessories and stuff they probably wouldn't have anything that specialized so yeah so it was Grumpy Turtle uh. Jimmy and Conley, friends of the podcast, who have been on the podcast before, huge Star Wars fans, and uh, Corey Cassoni, who is, uh, he actually just lives a couple blocks away from me, he is business partners with uh, PVP artist and uh, writer Scott Kurtz, 
And uh, he brought his family, his wife and his, his like, little five-year-old kid, who was mm-hmm. also crazy in a fucking Lego. Yeah. Star Wars Lego specifically. Uh-huh. And in his pocket, he had little R2-D2, C-3PO, yep. and the Sand Trooper, or not Sand Trooper, Clone Trooper, little blue Clone Trooper. Uh-huh. And I remember even Jimmy was like, oh, what's, he was, like, pointing at the Clone Trooper. He's like, who's this guy? And the kid's like, that's Clone Trooper. And he's mm-hmm. like, is that Captain Rex? Because I think that's who the character was supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't think the kid... I don't, I don't know if the kid's ever actually been exposed to, like, the cartoons or anything, yeah. like, the Clone War stuff. So the kid only knows the the, the, the Clone Trooper as Clone Trooper. And he's like, right. no! Clone Trooper! <laughs> and it's just like... Yeah, just... He was... Oh, man. And, and when he, he had never seen uh, Simpsons stuff before, but then uh, when me and Daniel broke out the Simpsons minifigures that he brought yeah. over for me... Uh, he, this kid, you know, he, he saw it's just Lego, yeah. and he wanted to put them together. So we actually gave him all the the Simpsons Lego that came from over. that's and really cute. It was very cute that. So I, we we, we took the pile of uh, blind box Simpsons toys, put mm-hmm. them on a chair in front of me, just just to just to get them out of the way. And the kid kept kept on coming over and asking if he could just take one of them and take them back oh, to the couch that he was sitting yep, on. Yep. Slowly build it. Yeah. And each one comes with a little instruction manual, and he was looking over the instruction oh. manual. And he would put it together. Thing. And he put each one together. He, this is, these are, That's this his is work. how he constructed that. Yeah, he did good work. He'd bring it back. Yeah. In exchange for the next one, because oh, that's he knew, so cute. and so that's what he did for like the first uh, like half hour of us watching the movie. That's adorable. And then he's, when he, that was finished, he wanted to start playing with uh, Joshin's Legos and toys. And that's so. adorable. Well, you know, I tricked my dad into sending me my so my childhood Lego by saying, "Oh, please send me Lego so Noah can play with it." And uh, then yeah. as soon as I got it, I'm like, "I'm fucking I'm organizing this. this. Kind of Let's go for Benton." We didn't talk about this last week, but I can't. Remember. It was just like a bunch of random parts and stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah. nothing, like nothing. Big bucket of stuff. Yeah. Here, Bill, I already found that. Axe. Apparently, it is from Lego City. They just also use it on this itchy and scratchy, and uh, I can get it on eBay for a dollar. I did. Uh, I can get it on eBay for a dollar fifty. Very cool. Like six dollars shipping. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really surprised. Person made figures. It just doesn't have like a big bucket of like. Axes They've got some accessories, and... but it's like that's yeah. Like, I've already managed to lose Chief part, Williams. Who? He is supposed to have a megaphone, and I think that's somewhere upstairs. I have to go find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after we're done recording the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, so that's well. While you were showing people um, the documentary, Foley and I this week, it was not a great week for either of us. And um, so what we did was um, we were in bed by like nine o'clock every night this week, but. We did Mainline Season 2 of Vikings. So, Vikings Season 1... Is, that, is there no Season 3? It comes out 2015. Okay, because I was looking for that. Your sweetheart. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Vi- the first season of Vikings we actually bought off iTunes. Uh-huh. And I watched the first couple episodes and it didn't, just didn't sink its teeth in me. Like, I liked aspects of it, but there wasn't really enough for me to actually keep watching. Mostly because I liked the characters, but I didn't actually enjoy this, the narrative this, this or conflict. This being the show about the Minnesota Vikings, right? That's correct, Bill. It's deeper than you would imagine. That's right. <laughs> um... Season my my wife got really into it though. She's currently doing a lot of research in Vikings for a project she's working on, yeah. so she enjoys having it on and doodling while it's on. So she's been really into it. And she um, Bill was kind enough to root around uh, internet dumpster and find me season two. Man, and fully was like, hey, if you like, let's just watch an episode and then whatever. It's really good. Season two, the conflict is so much more interesting, yeah. and the characters they, are so much more did interesting. Did they like come up with like a whole new batch of characters and stuff? Not that they switch no. over the whole cast, but like, what's what? What do they do that's something different? Well, it's a they do a time jump, 
And there's different scenarios and different stakes. And people are in different roles that are much oh, more yeah. interesting to me than the starting point that season one was. And damn, that show actually really does good fight cinematography. Yeah. And films and edits that fight cinematography How very well. How graphic is the violence? If you would like to see some decapitations, it's not Hannibal... But it's still not. Do you still like have flying blood and guts? Though? Yeah, yeah. Or, like there's slow not motion, so much Zack Snyder. There's kind of not stuff? viscera. It's not quite as. It's a little more grungy than Zack Snyder. It's not quite as. I mean, there's obviously it's very artful, like but blood and stuff. I kind of yeah, see. I, 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 I could see kind of ways you can kind of get around some of this. Well, well, well the whole well, show's well, what's, palette what's, is kind of saturated what is this anyway. Era? Like, what's what are the? It's on History Channel. It's the History, History Channel's Channel? first so original series. So it's supposed to be pretty historically. Well, it's based on the life of Ragnar Lothbrok, who was a. Ragnar. Yeah. Ah. And his brother Rolo and his wife Everyone's and then ex-wife Lagarta. Vikings. Yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah. They invented <gasps> the Rolo you, candy? Bill. Yeah, go ahead. We'll keep making these different well, jokes. It's fine. When they built the war machines, they didn't know the wheel, but they did know it like logs. And then like. Keep going. But then logs, uh-huh. they realized after the after the war's over and then if you slice them open, there's like delicious yeah, chewy going. sap in there and they're like, uh-huh. what if we made this instead of like a log filled with uh, chewy sap? Yeah, keep going. It's like filled with chewy caramel. There we go. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> it's a, That's my um, Sunday morning joke. <laughs> they, it starts with the sacking of Lindisfarne, and like it's kind of about the Vikings. Well, that's in England, so it's about the oh, Vikings. Really? Lindisfarne. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. it sounds like normal. Well, that's the, shit. that's the yeah. opening of um fucking uh. Secret of Kells is the oh, sack of one Which I got the Secret of Kells art book they See, I knew, too. I knew yeah. if I, I I'm gonna put it on Bill something Bill has interest in. Yeah, that yeah. focused. The Sully Bill wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, and it's uh, Ragnar and his wife Lagarta and all the shit that happened to them is actually really interesting. Apparently his children had various I sundry about the show passing where like my favorite character is Ragnar. His wife Lagarta there and their sons Poo Poo and Mimi Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, thank Bjorn, you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And oh, I mean, if you, it's, it's no more ridiculous. One. It's cool that it's actually. So these are all historical characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a hundred percent historical. Well, no, it's gonna be fudged. Yeah, but it's but... Uh, my favorite character on it is actually. This... I'm actually more interested now that, like you said, it's a History Channel because I thought it was yeah. just like stars or something like yeah. that. So you think they would at least be? And granted, it's not like History Channel. They're. I mean, they're. They're. It's. I mean, they're actual characters. Isn't History all, Channel mostly really about hoarding now and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, it's a so it's not like they're like sticklers for reality. But, but yeah. um, the uh, the most interesting character on it right now to me is actually this one character who is a uh, priest who is captured by the Vikings in season one. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah, of um, course you'd be all for that. He has this interesting... Well, it's a kind of character that could be very boring and very, like, ham-handed because... Well, yeah, depending on the action. Because it's a priest and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, my point is that I'm going to speak for you, Annie. <laughs> Please tell me how I feel about this Here's show you haven't seen. how many stars of five he gets uh, Viking season two. It, yeah. he, he is caught between... Christianity and the Viking faith and he because he, he he is very empathetic and sympathetic to both yeah. and he he has this one line in the most recent season where he's like when I hear I feel Christ in the rain but I hear Thor in the thunder and it's like his relationship wow, is very that's, interesting that's, that's the poster and, right there exactly the show, yeah. but uh, it's it's uh, the season one just glanced off me and didn't really stick season two is real good yeah. Did, don't you wish you could go back in time? Were you in Catholic school as a kid? Yes, I was. Well, don't you wish time. you know that quote so you could just randomly say that in the middle of class? <laughs> just, just to like freak out everybody? Yes, Bill. For, you freak out the nun teaching you? Um, just, actually, Bill, that once... Could, that could have been your I am Malcolm X moment. In a religion class, uh, there was this one kid in my class who we were having... Uh, we were all working in our notebooks, and one boy abruptly stood up on his chair, 
put it through his fist into the air and said, my soul is black. <laughs> and then was asked to go to the principal's office. So did he ever come back? I'm just, yes, he did. I'm, he actually later in our, uh, in our, uh, passion play played Jesus. Mostly because he was the smallest boy in class, and they always cast the so smallest boy as Jesus. So he's the to put up on the cross? Exactly, because he's the easiest they one to put up on the cross. They have to mount him on the cross. It's not like he's up on the stage just pretending to be strung up. The way they did it on the show is a strung up. Do you know what a crucifixion is, Bill? <laughs> you actually could crucify the kid for the passion play. No, you're play. not. Yeah, exactly, the yeah. way they would do it in, the, the way they always did it in the passion play at my elementary school was you would, uh, Christ, the, the cross is laying on the ground. Christ lays down on the cross, grips the, the top, Bar, crossbar so of the cross. you body strength. Yes, Bill. Bill's imagining this ripped. Have you ever seen a Jesus? In the I'm just imagining the super ripped and then they five-year-old. Lift. Well, they lift, and then they're kind of holding the cross yeah, yeah, up yeah. while they're standing there. So yeah. it's like, they always have to be the smallest Jesus so he didn't break the cross. Yeah. So, anyway. So so you're not actually, like, so your feet are kind of flush on the ground, so you're kind of, it's more like yes. he's on a tee rather than exactly, a cross. Bill. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So when does this take place if he's all Christian-y? Uh, seven sixty something. Oh, okay, still so early, early days yeah. of Christianity. You know? Yeah, so it's uh, before like the church really. Be- well, the church was still a thing back then, but it's not. Wasn't quite the like the big. Well, I mean, it's still. It's not like the medieval stuff where the church really got fucking rich and stuff. Anyway, yeah, I like. Oh, no, that sounds really nice. It's pretty good. Season two is a lot of fun. Any actors we know or anything like that? Um. The oh uh uh there was this one guy on uh, season two. The reason why I struggle with season one is that what's his name Gabriel Byrne played the Earl or something. Are you the serious? Earl? I love Gabriel Byrne. He's fucking hey, bullshit in that show. Oh, God, really? he's so bad and I hate him. He oh. was he's so obnoxious to me. I was like, yeah, can't fucking watch the show. Yeah. And then the season two, it's um. this guy. I I like actually all the casting is that this guy. I have so much trouble taking him seriously. I'm so glad that he's the villain. Uh, cause he was on fucking, I don't, I never watched the sitcom, but he was on a sitcom for a long time as the protagonist. I was trying to remember which one, cause I'm like, he wasn't on Reba, he wasn't on, like, Saving Grace, I was trying, I think he had his own sitcom. But anyway, it's just great, I'm like, you were a, you were a redneck on a sitcom once, and now you're a Jarl, that's pretty good. But anyway, I like Viking season two, Bill, tell me, what'd you do this week? Oh man, I just had thoughts that came into my brain, but fell out. Uh, I saw the new Ronald D. Moore show, Outlander. Have you heard about this? Is that the one about the woman who goes back in time and yeah! wants to fuck everybody? And has a love triangle? She doesn't fuck everyone. She fucks her way through time in order to get back in time. <laughs> oh, okay. It's really interesting. So it's an hour-long TV drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Ronald D. Moore, the same guy who did Battlestar Galactica. Wrote, wrote a bunch of the best stuff in Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this is his first real TV comeback ever since Battlestar went off the air. He's done a couple TV I was going to say, he did... Stuff, but oh, never, never yeah. got picked up. Right. Like, he, he did something called Virtuality... That was about, like, astronauts, like, going to another planet, but, like, they were going to spend all their time, like, in a virtual reality And he did the magic police procedural. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I made for What that would way. happen if science was never invented? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Did you actually watch that? <laughs> no, I just heard that about it. That was on YouTube for the longest time. It was... It was... Because I think that was the first thing he did after Battlestar Galactica. Because most of the actors were Battlestar people. It was Trisha Helfer and yeah. all those guys. Jamie yeah, Bamber. and I love the fact that, like, when someone got into a car... Instead of an engine, you would get it into a car, which seemed to be an empty shell. But then he had to light incense at this little uh, at this little uh, altar altar inside the car, and that's what would make the car move. And could you imagine like doing a whole show, like 180 episodes of just like every time someone gets in the car, <laughs> you, you have to like a light car the chase. <laughs> <laughs> like they're that slow, light. Yeah, oh my god, that was. Guys, at least I appreciate the guy's ambition, but the guy's yeah. a little. I mean, 
granted, no one even likes the second half of Battlestar Galactica, but... Uh, but yeah, so this is an adaptation of a... I guess it's a romance uh, novel series. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I think it started like 20 years ago. Yeah, so it's about a lady from... Uh, it's right after the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like getting hooked up with her uh, her husband. They haven't seen each other because they got married right before the war. Mm-hmm. That Which means that they have, they have been married for five years, but they've barely seen each other. Because yeah. he went off. He became a spy for the, for the British intelligence. Mm-hmm. She was a nurse... And she was out on the front, and mm-hmm. they both barely survived, but now they're just trying to get back together. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the pilot is them uh, going off on their first uh, like romantic getaway ever since the end of the war right. up in Scotland. They bone like eight times. <laughs> There's so much boning. It's interesting for a pilot for a show like this because most of the pilot is actually takes place in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like because I can see a lot of TV shows like she would make she may just spend like the first five minutes of the of the episode in in, in, in like modern day or yeah. Like, before she falls back in time. But no, they actually go out of their way to spend a lot of time uh, trying to make she and her husband, who is Brutus from Rome. Oh, really? Yeah, you oh, actually see funny. a lot of actors in, in this stuff. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's he's pretty cute. Um, so yeah, really most of the I guess episode wanna, is about them just kind of like... I guess they want to make you really have a stake in what she's trying to get back to. Well, especially because if he's going to, if she's going to go back in time, she's not going to see this guy for again yeah. until the, hopefully the end of the series. So yeah. you, like, it, it's a good idea to try to create stakes yeah. of like why she would fight so hard to come back to this guy. You don't want to yeah. see him for five minutes. It's nice to see yeah. most of an at least at least most of one episode with him. But they do spend a lot of time fucking I didn't realize till later it's a Starist T V show. Ah. Which, there you go. That because totally, I was like, I can only be a romance scene. Oh my god, it's like hardcore fuck, oh my god. And then they do it like three more times like, oh my god. Uh, especially it's Brutus for Rome. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. weird looking guy, like, exactly but yeah. Exactly sex icon. Yeah. Um, oh, he was on the Game of Thrones too. I think he played. Oh, he was he was the guy who was getting married at the red wedding. Whatever character that was. Fuck it, fuck it. That's what I was saying. <laughs> anyway, so she eventually falls back in time. She okay. meets super hot, hunky Scottish guy. Yeah. And she falls I'm in Google love. who this man is. His name, the character's name is Jamie. Okay. But his boss is Charlie Cutter from Uncharted 2. Oh, yeah? Oh, man, that guy looks badass. He's got this big I, Santa no, Claus beard. Dude, what's his name? No, wait, don't tell me. Uh, I have a huge crush on him. What's his name? Shush. Oh, you would. His name is. Fuck! Oh. Look up the credit. You have to look up Jamie anyway. But yeah, so she falls in with his clan. And it really is. She goes back in time, meets these guys. They take her back Graham? to the castle. Graham Annabelle? No, it's Graham like Tavish. Yes, yeah. thank you. Fuck you. Um, which is funny, because now I've seen more of him. Ew, is that the guy she goes back in time about? Let me see. Let me see. Hold on. <laughs> he's I a think... younger guy. Well, oh, it's with the beard, he's I okay. I think she might actually be older than him. Wait, who? Grandma Tavish? No, no. The, no, the, the guy she bones, he doesn't have a interest. beard on the show. Well, he's got stubble. No, he's the only guy, I think he's the only guy in the whole clan yeah! who doesn't have a beard. Yeah. Man, he, man, no, I'm, no, I'm looking at my boyfriend. What's his butt? <laughs> Grand McTavish? Yeah. Like no, it's great. Grandma Tavish has this giant, big gray beard. Yeah, and he's got like little Scottish hat. He's got the kilt. Wait, so is her present day boyfriend still around in the olden times? So what happens? So they bone like a half a dozen times. <laughs> she fucks him back in time. <laughs> well, that was my joke, is because like yeah, whatever. The time machine's actually run by fucking yeah. Um, no, they 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 go. Uh, because they're running around Scotland, they run into this, they, they hear rumors, oh, it's on a Halloween night, Samhain night, they hear rumors that there's an old stone circle right by where they're staying out, out in the middle of nowhere, that they're like, oh man, it's Halloween night, maybe they'll be doing some kind of kooky rituals, Gaelic rituals around this, like, stone circle, and they actually go, and there's actually ladies, like, doing this kind of weird, uh, little, uh, 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 like, little ritualistic dance around these stone circles, which is actually 
actually really cute because they go out of their way to kind of like show and hear and like you can hear the ladies talking before they start singing and dancing. And instead of being uh-huh. like weird, creepy witches or anything like that, it's obviously a bunch of ladies from the small town out in the yeah. middle of Scotland just kind of just doing this ritual just because it's part of their heritage. But it's yeah. obviously like the lady who runs the inn that they're staying at. Yeah. And like, and it's not really creepy. It's actually kind of, actually kind of beautiful. It's, it's, it's very cute. And then they leave and then she goes back into the stone circle. And for some reason, walking into the stone, stone circle after the ceremony is what warps her back into time. But sure. it's only her husband gets stuck. Uh, he stays. She goes. But the first thing she does when she goes back in time, she's like running around. She finds these couple, uh, these rebel Scottish uh, dudes being chased by a bunch of redcoats. Mm-hmm. And the first person she really meets is the leader of the redcoats. Da, da, da. Who happens to be her husband's like great, 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 great grandpa who happens to be played by the guy who plays her yeah. husband. Yeah. And so he's the villain. Her husband is technically the villain. Yeah. Well, her husband's her great, husband's, great, great, great. Yeah. yeah, Kim. And he's trying to... I was really Oh, I feel about so conflicted about this show. Well, so I guess it turns out like the big drive of in the books, what happens? So it turns out essentially... The guy she falls in love with back in time is essentially yeah. Scottish Robin Hood. Yeah. And the guy who is her husband's uh, ancestor is essentially Sheriff Nottingham, whatever mm-hmm. the bad guy would be. I guess the, the kind of the, one of the big narrative crux is that he has a huge homosexual crush on, on her her love interest in the past. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he wants Wait, to when you say he has a huge homosexual crush, the you bad guy. Sure? Okay. Yeah, the bad guy. So yeah. imagine if Sheriff Nottingham wanted to fuck Robin Hood, but mm-hmm. didn't like, didn't know how to process that. So he yeah. half wants to kill, wants to have to fuck the guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to get dealt with in the show. Yeah. Well, it's on Star, so probably. I know, it's, I will get dealt with. You're going <laughs> to see <laughs> every moment of it being dealt with. Uh, so, but I no, feel so conflicted about it because I want there to be more dirty television for women. I really do. Well, this is kind of what it is. Well, it's funny because like I was, I read a couple reviews where the, where the reviewers were like, "This is great fantasy fulfillment for women." Yeah. And they were talking about how it's not necessarily feminist because yeah. it's about like yeah. a strong woman yeah. nurse, yeah. quote unquote, well, relatively modern times, yeah. getting knocked into mis- a yeah. misogynistic thing. Yeah. Where it's nothing but hot dudes. So. It's yeah. kind of weird, but it also does play into like a, a female yeah, fantasy, fantasy of being. It's funny you should say that because the uh, so on Vikings in season two of Vikings, <laughs> there is this one character yeah. who's the worst character. She's so you you have the uh, the Vikings have all these inner conflicts, and then meanwhile they're raiding England, and England is there are two. Uh, there's one primary king that you deal with, but there are a couple of rulers in England, and one of them is. You know, the kind of the, for all intents and purposes, the primary antagonist. Then there's the primary antagonist ally, who's this dude. Yeah. And then there's this other ally, who's this woman, who's a princess, who's, she killed her husband, because he was an asshole. And she's just kind of, she shows up, and kind of the extent of her personality is that she's an aggressive horn dog. Yeah. Like, she's not, um... She is not necessarily sexualized in the sense that she is not exploited visually or anything like that. She's just a really aggressive horn dog. Like she shows up and she fucks the main um, king, and then when he's like, she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm done." And she's like, "Well, I'm not." He just walks out of the room and sends in four of her, his guards to finish her off. So and like she, when she finds out about the Vikings, the first thing she asks 
Asks is like she 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 um she's very visibly intrigued by the Viking culture. She's like they fuck everybody, right? She finally gets some Viking mercenaries. She, literally, what she does is she walks up to a particularly uh a sturdy one, grabs his dick, and is like, "You'll do." And then as she walks away in front of this huge crowd, she's like, "I believe I shall breed with this these Vikings and have a line of giants." <laughs> Just like, and it was like it's a terrible. That's what you almost never see on TV though. Yeah. It's terrible character, and I should be offended by terrible her. Terrible how because her the concept of it the is not how she she's is a presented. Bad character in that universe. Well, the thing is, is that well, she's just that kind of there. Kind of awesome. It's it's she's not portrayed in a flattering or sympathetic light. <laughs> she is kind Which of I kind of like she's, that. Kind she of kind of t- is well, portrayed as a wants, conniving bitch sort of thing yeah. but i'm so it's so weirdly refreshing to have this really aggressively sexual character like literally it's like she finds out that the priest lived with the vikings and she when when the king finishes and she, he's she's like he's like i'm out and she's like well where's the priest he's like because <laughs> he's a viking right they're really yeah. she's like i bet you i could do him in the butt <laughs> quote from the show uh this is this just sounds like if annie if you got thrust back in time and there was a dark annie uh, count evil twin <laughs> well, that's what was making fun of me she's like so it's like, like if, if you, you had, had that power would you not do that and she yeah. was like she's like imagine past shameless annie with all the world's power and i'm like what do you walk up to a giant viking and grab his dick i could totally see you leading a, a, no. a viking by the dick saying i'm gonna fuck this one i'll be back in half an hour yes, you guys that's that's me all over. But yeah, no, that, that, that's what. Yeah, that, I guess that's that's what a lot of people have been raving about. Outlander is just because just, it is the rare feminine, or yeah, not feminist, but it's the weird it's like, like lady it's just directed. Nice. That's one of the reasons why, fantasy, like yeah. my my, that's one of the things that I kind of like about these shitty romance novels I've been reading. There's so many bad ones, and I can't read the bad like the ones that have just no value whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to find ones I like. But the thing is, is it's so just kind of refreshing to read about books where read have fantasies that are kind of directed towards women and women in the female gaze yeah. and like i keep reading these romance novels where the female characters are barely described <laughs> and it's like uh it's it, but the the wait is it because are, they're written by women so they're not really interested in like what the women looks like to but it's some all degree about that's it but it's just yeah. so about the like the female gaze yeah and it's just like it is so weirdly refreshing that's why i'm gonna go see the dumb shit 50 shades of gray movie even though i know it's gonna be terrible no, everyone's just making those plans yeah i gotta put money in the spank bank for women it, it is funny jar. to see female uh, to see women friends i know being all like don't judge me <laughs> but <laughs> It's, I'm gonna go see that on opening day. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's. I'm just saying. I just want equal opportunity exploitation. So I feel very torn about this Outlander show because it I'll doesn't totally sound like my yeah. jam. But uh, I had a good time. It's really pretty. Everything else aside, it's the production is really nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't worry about it. Well, if it's if it sucks, then who gives a shit? Yeah. But yeah, the pilot was fine. Whatever. Uh, the other historical. Uh, Male, uh, female fantasy show mm-hmm. I watched this week was Legend of Korra. Did I? Yes. Uh, with with this, uh, Korra and Asami all tied up and stuff. Oh, man. How you you sent me a gif or something. That but... was a legitimate screen cap from the show where it's... <laughs> yeah! It's Asami holding a giant piece of metal in front of Korra, who's all done up like Hannibal Lecter, all tied up with a face mask and everything like that. That is, that is an actual screenshot It was from the so show. funny that you were like, hey, Annie, here's a sexually charged image. <laughs> and I'm just looking at this going, not really? It's... Asami is also... Like tie up, and it's this is the least sexual image possible. 
Oh, a lot of people were joking because if you were really into weird S and M, that would be kind of like yes. You know. It was just kind of funny. Uh, uh, spoilers are still alive. They broke out. It's, it got <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, how is Legend of Korra going? That's good. I just want to make a joke about the, 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 that sexy screenshot. That's mm-hmm. all. Really. That's, yeah. that's loud. So, Billy, you've been playing Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Do you want to borrow that? Well, I bought it. Jimmy and I went halvesies on Jimmy it. Jimmy was talking about that last night. Do you have the copy at yeah. your house now? Yes. Oh, because I was going to say how you guys could borrow when I'm done, because it doesn't seem like it's going to be a super long well, game. Well, I wish I'd known that you wanted to play it, because I would have fucking brought it to you, because I play. I got as far as... It is just oh, so... Oh, I had no idea. Not my type how of game. How far did you get? Oh, yeah. I got as violent. far... Well, no, I, don't, I can handle violence. I can. There's just no... It is absolutely charmless. How do you have a game with a giant robot Nazi cat that is charmless? Wait, I didn't even see that. Well, maybe I got farther than you did. I got as far as the planes crashing on whatever beachhead, and you're fighting your way through the beachhead. Oh, cats? I thought those were dogs. I read them as giant cats. You would, because you love cats so much. You're just projecting. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so you're still, you never got, like, to the 1960s stuff. You're just still doing, just doing all the World War II. I, I haven't gotten off like, the beach Like, storming the beach and stuff like yeah. that. Man, that's like the first five minutes of the yeah, game. Yeah, I was so, like, ugh. Well, you should play more of it before you judge too This game was so harshly. actively Allie, repulsive Play until you see the title screen, at least. It's just, man, Which is, like, literally, like, an hour it. and a half, Oof. at the most. I just started playing it, and it just the gameplay didn't quite feel right. It felt sluggish, and like see, to me, it feels just like Bioshock. Just everything about the controls. I think it's the Unreal yeah. Engine, so everyone kind of looks like they're made out of clay, like in a Bioshock yeah. game. The levels of violence in the game are just well, like the Bioshock. The thing about Bioshock is that Bioshock has this aesthetic mm-hmm. that I'm interested in enough that I can get used to the gameplay and used to everything else, so that I can get into it. Yeah, and this is just like and especially the part like, you're playing, just yeah, grungy nineteen. Goddamn Slightly alternate 1940s bullshit. World War II World shit, War yeah. II shit. And yeah. With a character that I just am not interested in, and all the other characters I'm not interested in, I'm just like, uh. I, 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 got, I just got to the point where I'm in the 1960s, so flash yeah. forward 20 years, yeah. and I just got to Berlin, which mm-hmm. is kind of like slightly modernized Berlin, which is you know run by the Nazis and stuff like that. I need gonna, to keep playing. I'm not gonna break it. There are actually some things in the story where I'm like, oh, I actually kind of care about this character. Yeah, well, that's what I keep hearing bit. about. Yeah. I think that may be the reason why I'm struggling with it, because the reason why I bought wanted to play it at all is that people said, oh, there's actually some surprisingly interesting character stuff. It passes a little test. Like, there's some cool stuff in it. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll play that. And then I f- open it up to fucking World War II. I'm not adoring and... it as much as some other people, because yeah. I know some people are like, this is one of my best Well, I think it's one of those things that like, if you go into it expecting nothing, and then it turns into something, you're like, oh. As opposed to if you go now into it expecting about, something. Like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, man, like, this is oh, good. I'm like, yeah. well, this is, nah, yeah. it's, it's okay, but it's not the yeah, end of the world. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, I, like, yeah, I'm taking a break from uh, Last of Us a little bit, because well, I'm playing Last of Us Ungrounded, and yeah, I realized that, like, about I have to be week. in a very specific mood to play that, because yeah. it's so agonizing. Yeah. And so, Fully's like, been replaying Last of Us, and I have just not been involved at all, because it's just, man, I have to be in a very particular emotional place for Last of Us. Yeah. I have not replayed Last of Us since we originally played it. And so you're not even watching her just play? That not much really. Yeah. Like, occasionally, but well, mostly, customers like... customers are not popping in just to check out the cutscenes. So. No, it's not like you've seen I mean, it all I, before. Yeah, I've, so, yeah. I've, I've watched all the cutscenes. How far into the game is she? I don't know, because I'm not... I think she wow, just met up hardcore. with... Wow, that's pretty hardcore. The black guy? Sam and... Yes, Bill. He just... They, she just met up with the African-American gentleman. That is, is that correct. Sam and... Yeah, Sam and Henry? Those their names? I just know it's Walt and... What was Walt's dad's name? <laughs> um, The... Uh, uh, what I've been playing on PS4 is actually I have gotten back into Guacamelee. The reason why Guacamelee turned me off so much is that you get 
a little further into it and there's one th it really seemed i felt like it was pushing me towards learning combos and optimizing combos kind of yeah which is the least there is no faster way to get me uninterested in a game than You're ask me to memorize combos yeah. like that is not anything i'm going to be into so i was kind of i tried to play a little bit of it and then i seemed to have been like navigating through the area and it wasn't clear where i was supposed to go next i got lost a bunch of times in that game and yeah. that just was like i was like fuck well, this there's not a one really good like there's a map in the game but like it's hard to find because it's not just like at least on the PlayStation Four version it didn't seem to be like I, I had a hard time finding the map and even the map did never you seem to show the, the entire world. Button. But no, it only show you where yeah, you are, it shows like, you like your like, area exactly. So you have area to, so to you have, area you have connection. to go to another part of the whole world. Yeah, you're still kind of like I'm. I, I know I'm supposed to go in this like the segment of the, the game world I'm in. I'm yeah. supposed to go like generally in the just this yeah. direction, but I still can't see the. I wish there was an ability where, where you could because there are travel points in the game, but yeah. you don't know necessarily where the travel points are. Or you don't have them memorize the map yeah, to indicate you, it. Yeah. Until you kind of stumble on one. So yeah. I almost wish that there, you get an ability later on where you can just travel to one of those travel points. What's what, So you're playing on PlayStation 4? Yeah. Are you playing like the Gold Edition or whatever they yeah, came out Yeah, it's just whatever the Super Yeah, because actually uh, Xbox One, Xbox Live now is doing mm -hmm. the PlayStation Plus thing. And that's yeah. actually the first uh, Xbox Live free game I got. Yeah. So yeah, it was the Gold Edition. It's re I'm really enjoying it's the fuck out of it. It's a goddamn game. What, I and really do like the music. I forgot the lady's name, but it's Tostada. That's the best way well, to the play thing, the game. The best part, the what part that I'm actually really enjoying about it is that when you, so when you play the game, the, the protagonist's name is Juan, and you can choose all sorts of different costumes for Juan, up to and including the secondary character, because it is a co-op game. If someone plays with you, they play as this female. Oh, um, it is a default. That's yeah, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Well, and the um, and of course that person can change their costumes too. To, oh, that's right, because this is part of the reason why I was raving about this game at you because it does have the two-player. Fully has no interest in playing. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, and also I got farther so. I know all the the game is very good about sl very slowly and deliberately showing you abilities yeah. so they feel you have a really a lot of time to become comfortable with them before you get a new one she's missed all that so now she's like wait you oh, can switch dimensions yeah. you can be a chicken what is this I'll pull your power pull your power is basic <laughs> But what I really like about the game is that when you play as, um, this is not deliberate or meant to be any sort of political statement, but you can play, when you're playing whatever costume you choose, you are still one, up to and including if you play the see, lady I character. Don't see, I, was, like, I really like that. that. I, but from your perspective, I can see I really like that. Yeah. that. I like that you could just, cause, especially because one of her costumes is um you can be her dressed as him yeah so like which is how I'm playing the game you're I don't care about it but you're just like you've just got like a tube top you're and like, wearing yeah, like, his costume his colors and everything like well, that well yeah. it's his costume yeah. but just and, for a lady yeah and um uh it's kind of great to play a game essentially in drag I'm actually really enjoying it more because I can play it, the game well, in and drag too, I think she has like a pink like three piece suit or something like that she can wear too yeah she has actually some nice costumes and stuff yeah and they both have like Day in the Dead variants and stuff like yeah. that too but yeah, I was a little. Uh, I think there's some stuff towards the end of the game where the fact that you like the game still treats you as one gets a little bit too much. Where it's not just like gender pronouns, but like there's some like you, there's, there's some cutscenes where they yeah, show where they revert back to him. one, which that's a little yeah. unfortunate. But but it's like I don't know. There's something very to me that is very empowering. About I mean, I, 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 I would rather have clunkily inserted female character like that rather than have no female character playable yeah. character at all. So. I'm not saying that it's it's like the character on no, Vikings. But I can see from your it's like I can see that it is not it is not solving the problem, but it does scratch a very different. Yeah, is what I'm saying. So especially when you do go up to the super hot witch and she's like, "Yeah, hold me, hold me in your burly arms." arms. He's a hot witch. That I like that character. That's what I was like. You, I I'm like that. I my favorite part about this character. There is a a female villain in this game who is uh she thinks she is uh the 
the lady friend of the antagonist, but she turns, she learns otherwise, and he treats her poorly. And what's great is that you talk to one of the NPCs in the game, and they're like, yeah, I know that she's feeling rough because she keeps playing this one at Del song over and over at the bar. <laughs> Which I never is, saw that. The writing in the game was no. A lot there's of fun. some great things. Like, did you do like the little mission where you have to get all the uh, ingredients for like the ladies' burrito? Yes. Which yeah. I couldn't find the beans, so I never actually. Oh, you did never that. found the beans. The chili like is the hard. Maybe it was the chilies. Because you find. the yeah. chili you have to get in the Day of the Dead version of the town. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I never did. I never even thought to check there. Okay, because yeah. I got the power where we can switch dimensions to the Day yeah. of the Dead version. I don't think that that was later. I don't know if he, I even came back to the town yeah. with that power. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm not a big fan of Metroidvania sort of games, that sort of stuff. But I'm really enjoying Guacamole. That's good. I'm glad. And the music is nice. Game. And the graphics. The music are is cool. great. Yeah. The the art direction. I love. Like really, I'm playing this for the art direction and the music. And supposedly this gold edition, they rebalanced the game to be a little bit easier too, because I guess they they, uh, they had some complaints about some of the boss battles were a little yeah. bit too much, and there's some. Difficulty spikes in the game that were a little crazy, so they went yeah. back and kind of tweaked a couple things. But yeah, God bless, because God yeah, knows I'm not playing games to uh... like. I'm, I'm glad you're just checking, especially like because I love Metroidvanias, and it's kind of nice mm-hmm. to hear that you're actually digging one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, so we finished Vikings on Thursday or Friday on Friday, and um, I had a lot of chores to do yesterday, and I was like, well, I really need to just sit down and watch something while I'm doing chores. So I had heard about. The Discovery Channel decided they were going to do a, a scripted miniseries, a fiction miniseries. So the Discovery Channel did this miniseries called called Klondike. That's about the gold rush and the oh, Klondike. About that lady. They post pictures of super hot. That's it. Sure, is the worst. Oh, really? It's so bad. Between this and the artwork that you bought, I just discovered I want to totally bone oh, your yeah. inner cowboy my inner self because your inner cowboy self is super hot between like that Thanks, piece of artwork yeah. you, bo- you, you boned <laughs> hot and yeah. the pictures from the klondike thing i was like see the klondike show a badass lady with a shotgun she's great she man she has she wears leather like tight leather pants that she's sewed into <laughs> all the time it is the dumbest so i was having a conversation with my friend emily and emily's big beef in any period show yeah. is when people are too clean and now that I've started to notice, now when she's brought this up, this now it really big, bothers me. Big prop, yeah. Literally one of the plot points in Klondike, because Klondike, the town is essentially in a swamp. And like people are getting typhus and like they're miners looking for gold. They're in the mud all the time. They should they're look like characters from a Terry Gilliam clean. movie. Yeah. yeah, they should. It should basically be like the mud farmers in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's yeah. how they should look all the time. And they're all way too clean. Because they want to be hot and sexy, but they don't want to be well, like... I was yeah. thinking about it, I'm like it would be it would suck to be the continuity person of uh, the filth continuity person from shot to shot making yeah. sure that your filth is consistent. I get it, but it is really obnoxious. On top of that, Klondike is one of the most aggressively bad pieces of media I've consumed in a long time. <sighs> it really is. The opening sequence is actually kind of clever, like the visuals of it, but like the it title looks yeah, yeah. It looks like like a maybe like a rough draft that you're gonna hand off to the visual effects team to polish it up and like actually do the final pass. Is this like a new show? It is so clunky. This is a mini. It was a mini series. Okay. So it was just five episodes, like five chapters. Man, this sounds rough. It is one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Did you watch the whole thing? Oh yes, I paid for it, and I'm like at this point I have to finish it. I bought it off of Amazon Prime. Oh man. And um. 
in the You're th- desperate like, for any kind of story. Jack London. Well, I was like, well, here's the thing. I've been watching Helen Wheels. Helen Wheels is not good, but is strangely compelling for a reason I really can't explain. Which is explain. funny, because if you say it fast enough, it sounds like you're just saying Helen Wheels. Like, that's, I love <laughs> She's Helen Wheels. She's my favorite Wheels. character. Yeah. Vikings was really, really good and yeah. really compelling. And then I was like, Klondike is great because after having, so Vikings was really good. And I I was actually thinking, I'm like, man, now my palate is keen for that sort of show. Klondike was so bad. It's going to make Helen Wheels seem really good when I get back to it. See, that's why I don't want to show you Outlander because it's so, like, it's not that it's bad, but it's so completely on the opposite end of the spectrum of Vikings, which is like super badass and bloody. Well, well, okay, here's the thing. If if you want to trade bloody for fucking, I'll gladly accept that trade. In a perfect world, there's both. That's what I really want from media, which Vikings does sometimes. Um, So, but no, Klondike is the kind of show where they meet, they go to a bar, they enter Dawson City, they go to the bar, and they meet a young man named London, Jack London. What does Jack London say? Boys, this room is filled with stories. There are stories all around. If I were still a drinking person... I would have a drinking game where if Jack London shows up and says the word story or novel, take a shot and you'd be fucking, you'd have liver poisoning. Is this like older Jack London or is this before he like became a writer? No, this is, he is in, he's he's doing his thing with that like Call of the Wild was inspired by and everything. He has a dog, a wolf dog. (laughs) The reason he leaves Dawson City is because his dog runs off one day. He hears dog howling. He's like, he has returned you hear that howl? He has returned to the wild. I need to go oh, back to civilization man. because what is the use of telling all these amazing stories if no one can read them? I swear That's to fuck. That's fucking deep. What kills me is that oh. Jack London is played by young Neil from Scott Pilgrim. And I really like this kid and I was really excited when I heard that he was going to play Jack London. His character is so aggressively poorly written. I would love to, because Jack London actually shows up on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Actually, he's in a two-part episode yeah. where the characters go back to like 1898, like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And Jack London's working as a bellhop and he's inspired to go to Alaska mm-hmm. uh, by the character Data. I forget what kind of conversation they have. He's like, I've always like. Well, you don't know who he is at first because he's talking about how much he likes Alaska, and he's like, I like wolves. I've always had been. A, I always thought. I always thought about like going out and seeing wild things, and it's kind of that kind of writing at the end. He's like, Well, I'm gonna go to Alaska because I've always heard the good things. I'm inspired by you guys to go on an adventure. Yeah. My name's London, Jack London. I'm gonna write Call of the Wild someday. <laughs> Yeah. So I like to think that's actually that poorly written yes. version of Jack London who's just collapsing through all these fictional universes. You're just like, oh. that's, so that's terrible. The main oh. character is played by Rob Stark. Oh, so he actually got a new show. Okay, he is, yeah. He's fine. He's not bad. His character is largely inoffensive. There is a preacher man played by Sam Shepard. And the whole time Foley and I are watching this going like, Sam Shepard? Sam Shepard, did you? Foley. I know the name. At some point Foley goes, you know what? Sam Shepard has to pay the mortgage. He has to keep the lights on. And he really likes keeping a lot of lights on. What else was he on? He's been in a shit ton of stuff. He's like a playwright himself. And like, he's been in a shit ton of stuff. Oh, Chuck Yeager on the right stuff and stuff. Yeah. Right stuff and stuff. I love H&R right stuff and stuff. Oh, have you seen Black Hawk Down? No, I have not. This is, is one of my sister's favorite movies. You know what? You need to watch that now because everyone. I know Even like in a background it. extra in the far Fucking distance Legolas. turns out to be like yeah. some kind of random. Like, like you're yeah. like, wait, it's that guy. I and think that Tom guy? Hardy's that guy? in that movie. Too. Also, everyone's yeah. If it's you're in the like, military it's stuff, it's like um, uh, what the fuck, Band of Brothers, where it's like everyone in these movies, these old military everyone, movies. Everyone, like the guy, like yeah. like I, th- I think they actually like kept, like the catering guy accidentally shows up on camera <laughs> yeah. for a second. Turns yeah. out that that's like you know Guy Fieri or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, um, but, uh, no, so it was the most offensive part to me about Klondike is there's this character on it, and I'm forgetting her surname. Her name, I think it's like Belinda Mulroney. I want to say something like that. So she's, she's hot pants. She's basically ye olde Al Swearingen. She's like this businesswoman. I can see even some of the pictures you posted where she's supposed to be like laid back, super badass. Kind of. But like... she's like, her character is so poorly written and mm-hmm. she is, she immediately falls in love with the protagonist for no apparent reason. And like, it's one of those things where. she would be the antagonist, not like the love interest for, that would be actually kind of interesting if she was actually the bad guy on the show. Well, she, maybe, maybe she has she antagonistic moments. Antagonist. Well, here's the thing. So I go and look, bless, I go and look at Wikipedia. I want to read an actual book on this lady. So this lady. Oh, she's a real character? She's a real, all a real these people real were, life, yeah. were real people this lady what um started in a in an, an expo world's expo not an actual world's expo but an expo in it's chicago like that, yeah. had a sandwich stand and with the money from that moved to san francisco and an ice cream stand when does this take place this is like in the 1890s oh, okay yeah 1880s that's probably the, like the great white city of the world's fair like the whole thing it wasn't the world's fair it oh, wasn't, wasn't the that. World's oh, so just it was fair. an okay, expo, okay. not just, the just expo. Me that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, with the money she gets in San Francisco, she buys up. She decides she's gonna go to the Yukon, but not to mine for gold. She buys a bunch of like things, like silk and whiskey and all these fine things. Takes them to Dawson City, sells them for six times their buying price because she's now yeah. at a place they're hard to find. She starts all these ancillary businesses to basically just feed off of. Um, all the the people who are there and makes her fortune, marries, divorces that guy, loses everything, makes another fortune, moves to like Washington. This, this is what happened in real life. Yeah. yeah. Dies in 1967. Jesus. And I'm like, this lady is a baller and a really fascinating character. And she's just like, it's one of those shows where the protagonist shows up and everyone is all of a sudden like ah, the protagonist for and like the protagonist is really important and it's just annoying that they're that important it's and, and it's a show that takes the easiest route every time yeah. and there were times that i jokingly would say oh and then they say this and then they would actually say that yeah. it is one of the most aggressively bad tv did you shows. buy the whole season on the amazon Prime? it's it's a mini series oh, so okay, i bought the okay, whole thing yeah. the, also one of my favorite things about it is there's a lot of dogs in it and a lot of wolves in it and there's a wolf attack at the start of the show and they're fil- it's really poorly shot and the dog the wolf acting like the sh- there are shots of these wolves that are attacking him and the wolf's tails are wagging so they'll have the <laughs> shot of a wolf wagging his tail with the sound dubbed in of a wolf rawr, growling rawr, rawr, rawr. yeah it's like are they even wolves the or are they just like really pissed off husky dog <laughs> they were wolves okay but it's just like oh my god it's just it's like one of the most unappealing have you finished it wasted well yeah, i watched it all because i'm like i've got the only way that show point. needs to end that miniseries needs to end is suddenly you find out the guy the guy who founded the town comes back to take over everything and just like fuck you guys i'm unlocking this shit down turns out it's yukon cornelius from Rudolph the red nose reindeer <laughs> there you go he's still stop motion yes he's probably no found his peppermint mine so <laughs> he's tim, still looking at his, his axe tim roth shows up on the show as the antagonist really? tim and roth will do anything yeah he, well the thing is is that i finished the first episode and i'm doing laundry and shit i have a ton of laundry to do yesterday which is why i watched klondike <laughs> so i did something that i hate well watching something that i hate it was a really great wow, afternoon yeah. and um <laughs> at the end of the first episode it goes into this behind the scenes stuff where it's interviewing all the cast and i'm like i in that moment i'm like shouting at my ps4 xbox next episode you know like wishing i had voice control but Tim Roth is talking about his character and he's like, yeah, it's really clear that he just wanted to pay the rent. He's like, yeah, this character was interesting because um, there's not much to him. He's not very well developed. 
and uh, I could pretty much do whatever I wanted. I'm like, man. That's funny when you come out and just say that. Yeah. Like, SGP, it's like, it's like, blank slate. His character is, the, it's just so aggressively bad. Is he playing bad. an Englishman? Yeah. He oh, okay. plays, he's, yeah, he's an Englishman. You're talking about the guy of... who, man, did you ever hear the thing about he was uh, supposed to be the first uh, choice to play Snape in the Harry Potter movies, but he no. turned it down to be the bad guy in, the, in Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes movies? Ha <laughs> ha. Wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so but it's just, is... woof, woof. It's uh, woof. If you, I, I, it's such a waste because that's such a fascinating moment in time. I gotta write this down. And, make sure it's part of the show notes. Well, I put it in my show notes. Oh, okay. It's yeah. Klondike is one of the, and it's like I said, it's not. It doesn't even have the decency to be aggressively, entertainingly bad. No, it's just it is it's just, just taking pervasively up mediocre. Yeah, so bad. I'm sorry about that. All I can say that's here's my here's my summation of nice things I could say about Klondike. Um, there are some really pretty shots of Rob Stark sitting on side of a hill, while in the background there are all the tents of the other miners aglow inside. That's uh, pretty. What would the TV show based on Benton be like? <laughs> Your uh, Lego town. Speaking of bloody and fucking, that would be that would be Benton. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Everyone's uh, in that beast makeup. That's it. Um, yeah. I I wrote a first little bit of Benton stuff this week, and it was funny because I was like, man, what if I release a book? And, like, no one knows that they're all animals, except for people who follow me on Twitter. No one knows that they're animal Lego, except for Twitter people. Yeah. A friend of the podcast, Clamity John, is going to start his own podcast here in the future. And he told me he wanted to have me on. He was like, I want you to talk about Benton. And I pitched him, like, what about if I did, like, a terrible, shitty lake will be gone sort of thing? <laughs> but it's about Bentonites. Takes place in that reality. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's like, oh, man. Oh, Benton. Benton's doing good. So wait, uh, when you're writing about Benton, you're actually writing the characters as beast animals, or are they just people who just happen to be beasts, but you don't, don't really mention that much? I don't really. You're not like you're not like here comes the 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 the, pa- the the matron of the bar, who just happens to be a chicken. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're just people no, that's who are animals. Yeah. So. Oh, I was. Uh, There's something this this week that got me thinking about the Disney Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was someone who snuck into Paris Hilton's birthday party this week, stole her like. $30,000 birthday cake and gave it to the homeless. <laughs> and right. uh, when I posted about that on Twitter this week, I just uh, the, 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 I just wrote, not Nottingham, but that's my lower energy conclusion to this <laughs> segment of the podcast. Yeah, I shouldn't have ended with Klondike because now I'm just mad about how terrible Klondike was. What a waste no, of I potential. You wasted money on that show. Was, too. That was fully was afterwards. Like bucks. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was like, I got to like. Although so, if you're on that kick for historical feel, like you still want to like. I, well, I it's, it's like it makes me really want a Sister Brothers miniseries, but I want it to be good. Are At the same time, it makes that? me. They've never announced any kind of TV I can't show. I can't remember. Everyone it. loves that book so much. I'm kind of surprised. No you should read. Have you read the Sister? Brothers? I started reading it. I got to the where he goes to the dentist. I started reading it. It didn't click with me. Yeah. And I put it down for a year. I think it was one of those things where I just got bored. You know, just yeah, it didn't, bored, but just yeah. like I got distracted by something else. I, I, I went back to it later. It's a really fucking good book. Yeah, people don't know. This is a book, uh, Wild West. Not Wild West. Well, it's about these two Old brothers. West, yeah. Who are kind of ne'er-do-wells and their misadventures in rural Oregon and California. Yeah, it's during, like a around too. It's time. like 100 pages long. It's, it's very brief. It's not like a huge tome. But it's like really, yeah. it's funny and sad and... Just great. like us. That's why. Just like the Boy Howdy podcast. Oh. Boy Howdy podcast is just like the Sister <laughs> Brothers in every way. We're maudlin motherfuckers. All right, friends, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to be back for the Geek Week and review. Ow! Call the wild.
about this? Did you hear about this? Did you hear? Remember this? We're talking, Remember we're this? Just talking about being stupid and, and, and copyright stuff, and Annie just brought the, up the, 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 yeah. The copyright infringement, or the copyright kerfuffle on Wikipedia about the monkey selfie? They're not wrong, technically. Wait, who do you think is not wrong? Uh, Wikipedia for saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. I, I like that they talked to some, some article I was reading talked to some lawyer, and they're like, well, technically. <laughs> technically. The ownership of work of art is from whoever creates it. Yeah. And they were like, the only argument the, um the photographer can make is that their project was to um, basically that the monkey was essentially a contract employee that they were just executing on their vision. But how can you make that argument when it's an animal that has no consciousness of your vision and everything like that? It's a really interesting scenario. There were a lot of things because a lot of like people made documentaries where they have like motion cameras triggered by the, the, by the, 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 buy the animals or take a documentary footage of and mm-hmm. stuff like that and like that, that's well, right see, this is a whole I can legal see, gray area that just got opened see I feel like that is different because in that case you as a photographer have initiated the photograph through this, in, so, through this. Was, okay, so okay so this guy was in the forest he was yeah. taking photos of monkeys and so what he gave his camera to a monkey that took a selfie I think the monkey took the camera and took a selfie which by itself, he did mean, not. It give, just took a photo of itself. It accidentally yeah. took a picture. Which is actually, you know, which is funny because this is this is I've seen this photo. It's been around for at least a good year or two. Yeah. So this is not something that just happened last week. It's it's this black monkey with a making this crazy grin. Yeah, yeah it's a great selfie. Because you know, yeah. it's yeah. been used as meme material and stuff before. But yeah, I guess this is the genesis of that picture. Yeah, it took took a picture of itself. And so what? Didn't he post it to Wikipedia? I, I don't know what happened. Wikipedia All said I know something is essentially that... because the monkey took the photo. Well, he I think he was this trying to claim not in control. Of he was the trying to claim it. copyright on it. Yeah, that because it, it's gone viral and he wants to be able to, you know, make some money <laughs> off of that, which I can understand. The monkey's yeah, it's the monkey's copyright. It's amazing. <laughs> That's well, whoever so stepped good. in and said that at Wikipedia. I, it's true. <laughs> I it is. That is one hundred percent true. That's such a weird interpretation. The monkey's copyright. It is. If the monkey took yeah, the photo of the monkey. conversation about it. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I love everybody. It's like the elephant who paints. Like, I wonder. Like, yeah, like, what's the... Yeah, what's the ownership there? That's amazing. I mean, if, okay. they, if they supply him with the arts and materials and he just executes on See, there... You, yeah, I don't like, see... Well, are, that's technically are, what the photographer did. Are they his patrons? Did. Well, is a patron the so owner he, of the art? Yeah, he's the... Well, they're the owner. So, yeah, with the, they would own the art. He would just Why? be like, he would just be like, it's like Florence, Italy. And he's just A patron does not necessarily own the creation That's of their, saying. their like patron pays for it, it's theirs. I well, no, I'm saying that they don't necessarily you know, own. So? Well, like in that very particular context where a artist is entirely reliant upon now, a benefactor. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of like an elephant in like Florentine <laughs> costume with like a little floppy hat. Little oh man, apron. so my brain, of course, went from Florence to Assassin's Creed and from Assassin's Creed to conversation Foley and I have been having this week. <laughs> Foley's been pitching me hard on the idea of an Assassin's Creed game where it's a Viking shield maiden as an assassin. And I was really, at first I was like, no, Would that, that wouldn't work. Because isn't she like a trooper, not like... Well, see, the more thing I I thought about it. well the whole thing about shield maidens is shield the role that shield maidens played is that when a man died in the in the shield line mm-hmm. she would take up a shield and take his place no they would be right there on the battlefield and yeah oh, okay they were a part of the combat and so my Foley's whole thing was because i was like well you know um assassin's creed games are all about um uh, agility and more than thuggery but then i thought about it i'm like no all the assassins have been big thugs who also just do a lot of agile shit yeah. like um uh like Ezio's big thug 
dog. And, like, well, except for what's her face from the Liberation game, right? Well, she's she's also still beats the shit out of people. Oh, that's a so, one. I've played the game where it was like that DLC for Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah, she just like hatchets people. To yeah, death. yeah. So and I was thinking about like, okay, no, that would really work. She was like, and I was like, well, my boat, my argument again, well, there'd be a lot of boating and exploration. That's literally all the last. Co- and the Assassin's Creed games been really good I about that. Be boning and not no, boating. No, that too. Yeah. But no, I was thinking about that's it. Like, talking about Rise. But like with ladies, that Rise? Rise Xbox One game, the exclusive like where you're playing the Roman, like kind of third person, kind of over the shoulder, like your Roman guy. It was a launch game for the Xbox One just like six months ago. You were talking about that. That would be the only reason you'd want an Xbox One. What does that have to do with it? Rise? Well, I'm just well saying if if you if you actually wanted to have have a game about a battle made on the battlefield. No, because that game is not what I'm soldier on the battlefield. That's not what I know I'm saying. You're that's an about, absolutely see... unrelated. <laughs> I'm just talking about about Assassin's Creed games. I'm talking a hack of Rise that has Tostada from Guacamelee. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, uh, No, but fully pitch me on this, and I'm like, damn, now I'm really mad that there's not a a, a Assassin's Creed game about. If you think about anything long enough, you're going to be, damn, I wish that that should be an Assassin's Creed game. Why is that not This is true. Any moment in history is true. Yeah. Um, Anyway, hey guys, we're actually going to go to the Geek Creek and review, believe it or not. Jennifer Lee, the director of Frozen, will write a film adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time, who will direct it, and whether or not it'll be live action or animated hasn't been revealed yet. Yeah, this is the weird thing. I'm assuming it's going to be live action, because, like, usually in animated films, they, they, like, if you have a writer, well, you, in animated films, you really don't just have the writer and director. It's usually the people writing it are the directors. Like, you know, because you don't have, in animated films, you don't just, no, you just don't have the script and then just animate it. You like it's it's yeah. it's it's more of a crossbred kind of talent thing going on. There. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'd be kind of cool if she ends up doing like writing a live action movie. Why she doesn't direct it too, unless she's got another project on the books that she wants to. Oh, well, then again, she may be directing Frozen too, so maybe she only has time to write like another movie or something like that. But I just only I made note of this because you know it's one of the rare ladies that are you know kicking ass in animation right now as far as like. Not there's I plenty have... of women, but she's oh, no, one of no, 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 creative no. leads. Let's put it that way. I hate to say because there's shitloads of women in animation. I, I wasn't heavy signing that. No, at but all. I'm just saying. But like, I just my I shameful admission is I have never read A Wrinkle in Time. I I had to look it up to find out what it's about. It's about Wait. a pair of siblings who have a scientist father. Maybe I read A Wrinkle in Time a long time ago. It sounds ago. like it's a ripoff of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <gasps> oh, Bill. <laughs> Bill, I hope you get an angry tweet or two about that. Bill. My God. Okay, <laughs> we're continuing on. The GameCube port of the original Resident Evil game is getting an HD remake for current gen consoles. This could be a re re remake, I suppose. Because re is Resident Evil. That's what the original like oh, when they made the joke. GameCube remake, they yeah. called it the R E make, the remake because it's Resident Evil. Also, it's a remake. Yeah. Uh, turns out this actually. I thought it was gonna be an actual remake. Turns out they're actually just taking this a GameCube game and just upresing it. Huh. Which is weird because that's a standard definition 480 yeah. resolution game that they're going to bump up to 1080p for con- no, normal day consoles. It's weird. And supposedly, like, I guess a couple screens have leaked where, yeah, they really are just kind of running it through some mega filters. To yeah. Get, like, I'm kind I don't know how that's going to look. Huh. Yeah, it's also a really cheap way to like yeah. take like a 14-year-old game. On the one game. hand, I would rather be able to play the original game than and just port it and have that kind of direct connection to the past yeah. as opposed to someone spending a lot of time like straight up making the game for the ground up again. The thing is, it would look really good if they actually made like a three-dimensional remake, but Capcom's kind of broke right now and they're not investing a lot of money in games, so it yeah. makes sense they would just t- like... This would be an easy money dump for them where they just kind of like take an old game and just kind of up it rather than like have to rebuild the whole world yeah. with... Because Resident Evil 
medieval games were just like the Final Fantasy games, the, the early ones, where instead of like a three-dimensional environment, it was a pre-rendered, yeah. like, essentially just like JPEG that the characters yeah. were just like projected onto. Mm-hmm. And even this GameCube version was the same thing. Mm-hmm. But man, that was... The GameCube remake of the first Resident Evil game was one of the first games that kind of looked photorealistic. Mostly yeah. because it was pre-rendered backgrounds. Yeah. But it was like, just the, uh, it, it didn't look quite so plastically like pre-rendered yeah. stuff like in some of the early Final Fantasy games. Right. And the character models were actually relatively kind of like well-rounded and weren't so jaggy and stuff yeah. like that. So it was one of the first games in general like where, like, the atmosphere was just like almost really cinematic. It was yeah. like, 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 it was essentially that, that generation's version of like, you know, The Last of Us in terms of just like grit and grime and kind of like, mm-hmm. it was very cool. And uh, I'm almost scared to play this on current gen consoles because I know it's just not going to hold up. You cannot go home it. again, Bill. Because yeah. that game was so great. Like, they had some great stuff where like, there wasn't a lot of music in the game, but like, I remember this one part where you go onto a balcony and it's yeah. all just moonlit. And you don't see the tree, but you see, like, the shadow of these leaves kind of rustling in the wind in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, and you're just mm-hmm. kind of on this balcony. It's, it's not really scary, but it's just night night. Yeah, night, it's a nice atmospheric sort of thing, yeah. And it's just, like, little bits like that, and, yeah, that's just... That's... That already looks better in my you imagination. Can't go than the, home again, I know. So th- and I just I just make mention of this because I love that original, that that that, yeah. that, that part of that GameCube game, but... Oof. That was so good. But, yeah. Mm. I didn't know this. Sleeping Dogs is getting an Xbox One PS4 Out of the port. Blue. It's getting spe- it's yeah, it's getting I, I in October. October. Yeah, like next month, I think after next. It's coming. This is what this is gonna take place with Dragon Age for you. Did you beat Sleeping Dogs? Yeah, I yeah, love Sleeping Dogs. Rate? I bought it for like five bucks off of uh, Amazon for like yeah. you know three hundred sixty. I played the first hour, seemed fine. Yeah. So I don't know if this is gonna look any better or anything like that. Sleeping but... Dogs is one of those games that it just scratches a very particular itch. Yeah, you love that game. You're well, I like about open worldy. Yeah. There's a particular you type like of open worldy though, game. You're kind of like, oh, this guy. Well, is... I like Wei Shen, the protagonist. All the female characters in it are garbage. Oh, really? I kind and I like. Isn't I... this the one where like Olivia Wilde's like a character? or something like that. Emma Stone couple... is your love interest. Okay, that's what it is, and, yeah. Like, and they're wasted. They waste all this talent. Uh, oh, what's her name? Um, uh, who's on Elementary Is a, does a voice in it. Oh, really? And you would never know. Not the lady who plays Watson, right? Yeah. Lucy Liu? Lucy Liu, yeah. Lucy Liu does a fucking voice this game. Sense, yeah. Wasted. No, you can't even recognize her. It's awful. Like, it's really bad. It's one of those things is where it's like, I wish good? they had... I liked the story because it's about... Wei Shen is a... He's kind of an interesting protagonist in that he's a cop and he's undercover, and it's like that whole conflict thing of whose side are you really on, where do you fall, and all this stuff. And I just, I don't know, I like Toy Oh, that's Shen. the game where, don't you get like points for being a good cop versus yeah. a bad cop? Like, yeah. it has a kind of weird meter See, thing. See, I like, like that morality meter yeah. where you can get, you have street rep, but street rep, that's basically part of, like, it's a game system. That conflict is a game system. Because, yeah, you have your street rep, and then you have, like, your cop. Like, how are, are you, the cop's going to, like, call you on it. So, I they, hope they do the DLC, because I didn't no, play. No, they said it comes with everything. Like yeah, Okay, good. It's, I it's... didn't play one. There was a, a couple pieces of DLC. There was a really goofy one that was, like, a Halloween, Halloween-themed one, yeah. where uh, it's about, like, the the Chinese bouncing ghosts, like, zombies. Oh, yeah, the hopping ghosts. Yeah. Oh, really? Those are. Oh, that's awesome. Villain. I love that. It was really cheesy and a lot of fun. And then... Who showed up in the Game Boy Mario games? Yeah. Like, in the very first, like, Game Boy, like, Super Mario Land, Uh that, that, like, like, the World 4 was, like, Chinese-themed level, and you were actually, like, fighting, like, hopping Chinese zombies. Yeah. That's great. They actually have that in the game. In, um... But I wanted to play the second... The the bigger DLC that they came out with, because it was all about Wei Shen going back into the police force. I didn't finish it, but I played the opening, and the opening is this great... 
is this great montage of him just being doing bullshit on the police force, like yeah. parking tickets and shit with his great music. It's like music. a Brooklyn Nine Nine thing it's going like, on. Yeah. Oh, it's I love Wei Shen. I think he he's so an interesting. So you think he'll drop sixty bucks on this port then? Probably. No, okay. It's something I can also play I think in my case for. It with like a small art book or something like I, too. I, well, here's the thing. I really liked Sleeping Dogs. I thought it was no, I really was more successful than yeah. not. I think it's 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 kind of sloppy and everything, and it's not doesn't work perfectly. But it's I it scratched right particular itch and it was and nice to have a game that wasn't about gun violence you know well you use guns but like the guns are present but it's not really the focus the focus is on hand focus hand. isn't that the game also where it's mostly about like shoving guys into like their faces into deep fryers and you can do that too the environmental there's a lot kills. of environmental yeah, stuff that, that, when i played like that that's the one thing i took away from like mm-hmm. the day two hours i played was like oh man you can really just like bash someone's face yeah. into like, this random thing over here or yeah. Like yeah it's in the the way they do the hand-to-hand combat is very rewarding kind of nice and organic yeah it yeah. wasn't like very it felt and... very good because like i said i'm allergic to combos yeah, i did love this because like with the like hand-to-hand combat and stuff like in the open world stuff it sounds a little bit like not shenmue but it is kind of like a shenmue that i would can like feed a more cat? yeah uh no you cannot feed a cat imagine that was the thing the world is yes bill i've played both shenmues we've talked imagine about them like many a times. block and a half of the world of sleepy dogs and all you can do is pet a cat <laughs> Feed a cat, yeah. That is the thing about sleeping dogs is that you can enter some buildings, and then there are times where I'm like, I want to enter those buildings. Yeah. Anyway, I love sleeping dogs. I'll gladly buy it again. How many remakes? So we've had what this year? We've had Tomb Raider, Last of Us, Sleepy Dogs. They announced uh, just announced this Resident Evil one. Man, it feels like we've had even more remakes come out this year than even that. But. I mean, they need they need games on these consoles. It's fast. weird to think next year. It really does feel like these consoles launched a year too early. Not even yeah. a year too early because even if they launched this year, there wouldn't be that much. It's stuff almost out like on. these consoles take a fuck ton of work to develop for. Yeah, it's weird to think these consoles launched like two years too early. Which is yeah, kind of, especially since the console generation was so long. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that was a ten year console generation that we're still in the middle yeah. of yeah. because these consoles launched two years too early. Yeah. A friend of so. mine was asking what games I'd recommend for PS4, and I actually really had to think about it. What'd you like, recommend? Uh, oh, fuck, now I can't remember. Minecraft comes out this month. Well, see, but again, all the games I can think of, I'm like, well, you could play them elsewhere. Well, that's a good point, I was like, yeah. I really did enjoy Valiant Hearts and Child of Light as much as they frustrated me, but they weren't exclusive. I enjoyed Octodad, but you could oh, play Oh, she was talking PC. about exclusive stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, but just like, why Last should I, if I have a PS3, it, yeah. why would I buy a PS4? Yeah. Well, you know. uh, yeah, the upgrade question is, yeah. Um, so anyway, this is interesting. Oh, you According still have Tomb Raider though, I, I still have Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring it. I played a little bit of. It. I okay. enjoyed Tomb Raider, but yeah, I realized I was just. Like, I just want to shoot stuff with a bow and arrow. That's the part of the game. According to a Disney investor call this week, Disney is devising some kind of Star Wars theme park bullshit on the same scale as the World of Harry Potter stuff in Florida. Yeah, this is just really cryptic. I guess this week. I guess they had D three this week or D twenty three. Oh yeah, whatever they're being comments. Yeah, a couple of people I follow on Twitter. They they're down there right now. They were. There was some kind of like a uh, stuff going on last week, but I guess uh, uh, preemptively before all the 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 D twenty three started, they had an investor call, Disney investor call with their investors this week, and they just mentioned. I guess somebody asked like, "What do you like? What yeah? What are the st- plans for Star Wars stuff for the theme parks?" And the guy was just very cryptic about, "Yeah, just look at World of Harry Potter. We're thinking about something on yeah. that scale." Which that's that's crazy. To which I that say, would mean not crazy. To which I say, no fucking duh. Well, no, but where would you build that? Because there's not enough room at Disneyland. For, because Disneyland space is a premium and that yeah. world of harry potter requires like pretty much to build a whole new theme park like what do yeah. you do well see like, my thing is, is that theme park? yeah they could yeah like what the fuck where they built it that because like there's no space where in anaheim the hell they they, this, this might... people will go okay i have two proposals mm-hmm. uh the first one is oregon has deserts <laughs> has... 
Bill's it's got backyard with some deserts. primo real estate. We've got hoth like snowy mountains. Yeah. We've got endor like forests. Yeah. You just find wherever wherever in the state that all those uh, uh, biomes converge. You just yeah. build the theme park there. Or actually, the thing I was thinking about actually, you take whatever space you can you you can spare at Disneyland, and you actually build like one planetary environment. You like build Coruscant or one Star Wars planet. And what you do is that all the other Star Wars theme parks, you build another planetary environment. And you justify oh. people visiting all those different worlds. You yeah. essentially have them, like, give them a Star Wars An passport. passport. And if they manage to visit all the different Star Wars planets, they'd have to go over the world to do this. But they get, it's it's, it's justification to going out, going out and seeing real world exotic stuff by going yeah. out and travel the world. But you're also visiting these Star Wars planets. You kind of get that yeah. scale of, like, I've been all over the Star Wars galaxy. And by galaxy, I mean the world. Yeah. And you give them some kind of crazy exclusive prize for having visited all the different theme parks. Yeah. But that would be kind of cool. And they also, would never do it in a million years. I know, but like, because who wants to go to like fucking? What I know. was what was Jar Jar's planet like? Naboo and yeah, shit no like one's gonna Naboo. They yeah. just want to go. They want to go to the cantina. They want to go to Jabba's palace, but they also want to go to like the Jedi Council yeah, chambers. Exactly, yeah. And, and you would have to build a whole new theme park. Yeah, there's no space at Disney. But the thing is, is that they could build it wherever the fuck they want, and then that's a destination. Yeah, that's true. Like they can. This is very much so. And well, if I'm you build it, they the will space. come. Like they would have to like buy up like half the hotels and stuff in like surrounding Disneyland right now. I'm just thinking about Disneyland because they, they well, no, yeah. Disneyland stuff. I mean, I guess well, they're going to do like Star Tours bullshit. Because it's in like... Florida. Although I'm assuming Disney World must be hemmed in by most of that shit too because that's that's kind of the curse of Disneyland and Disney World is they were so popular yeah. the moment they got popular everything around them got yeah. bought up by hotels yeah. and parking lots and stuff like that so there's no room for either of those places to really expand. They have to tear down existing stuff. So yeah. I'm just saying uh, destroy Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> put in in Java's uh, uh, sexy harem time adventures. Man, it's so weird to talk about theme parks. I was like, I can't afford to go to theme parks. Yeah. And I and may, it's only $90 a day. I am a lower middle class person, yeah. like with a dual income household. And I'm sitting here going, I can't afford to go to Disney World. I'm you like, no, I can't. If, you, if, you, if, you if I saved explicitly for it and made a lot of planning. If you didn't get a hotel, if you didn't eat, <laughs> you didn't take care of yourself. It's at just all. so weird. And I'm like, it's so it's so strange to me, it's so alien to me. That's so much effort and Wait, energy. Have you been to Disneyland? I've been to, I can't remember which Disney park I've been to. I've been to Disney twice. My oh, parents okay, took yeah. me when I was a little girl. Well, there's actually really great. Well, we being have, in Texas, yeah, you were equidistant to either of them. Yeah. I can't remember which one we went to. I'm yeah. pretty sure the one in Florida. It was when I was very young. But there's a really great picture of me and my um my uh when we were very very young. My dad. Carrying and I carrying my sister slung between us, oh, like yeah. he has her arms and I have her legs. And then the second time we went, we took a picture in the same parking lot of um, my sister and I carrying my dad slung between oh, us. That's super cute. So when did you go? Like, do you remember like when? I can't, girl. I can't remember. I went to World, the Walt Disney World in like 1991. Wait, it had to be the one in Orlando because I remember we also went to MGM Studios, yeah, that's, Universal that's, that's Studios. What we did, yeah. And at, all I can remember is if my sister like, went to the Z, we went to the Xena thing. There was a Xena <laughs> attraction where That's... the climax of it was there was this blue screen thing, and you could both you could be people could be centaurs. And my sister got dragged on stage, was turned into a centaur. And it was when I was really into the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest because I bought a bandit doll in the oh. Hanna Barbera gift shop there. So I can't remember Man, much of you were Disney. God sent to that gift shop because I don't think a lot yeah. of kids would not. I was the one person hey, getting that inventory. Gift shop. Yeah. 
Uh, and I remember that we went to, I really, my favorite ride was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Because I really like Mr. Toad's, that story. I people talk about that. But, and I, mean, I liked, like, all of the art of it. That's everything. a euphemism for sex, too, so whenever I think about that. No, that's, that's actually, I've heard people say, like, that, that's, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was, that's all I can remember of it. Foley's never been to any theme park. Ever. I can believe that, because Foley's got weird culture gaps, pop culture yeah. experience gaps. Well, her parents just did and go like, on vacation exactly, and yeah. stuff, and they were poor, and they, if, uh, my family, I don't know how my family Sorry, you thinking about maybe taking her with him? Well, the thing is, is I really want to go she's to the Harry Potter. She's been the Enchanted Forest, she's right? Been, no, she's not. Oh my god, how's she never been to yeah, Enchanted Yeah, there's a shitty local theme park. Yeah, no. Well, I grew up literally maybe a 30-minute drive away from a Six Flags. Oh, okay, so, okay. And my family down in San Antonio lived very clear near to um, what was then Fiesta, Texas, and then turned into Six Flags. I think they Six Flags bought it. So, like, we would go to theme parks all the time. It was a big deal. Yeah. And um, even, even shitty ones. But Foley's never been to a theme park. I want to take her to one just to, for her to see all the artistry of it. Because that's what's most interesting it to is. me. It is. Those places, even if you're not into the cartoons and stuff, that's yeah. the thing when I went to Walt Disney World. I was yeah. really impressed by it. Like, you know, because I was, I was just getting, I was, like, right, at, I think it was, like, right when I was going into high school. So I was just old enough that I really wasn't into Disney stuff. This is also just right when Disney was just, like, cause I, it was, like, 1990. It was, like, yeah. right before Disney. It was, it was, it, it was right before everyone realized that there was this whole renaissance happening in yeah. Disney. So it was kind of, like... There wasn't a lot of people like going crazy about like oh we gotta go to Disney and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I and I was a little bit too old to really enjoy like the cartoon stuff. So but I went down there. I still had a great time just because it's such a weird environment to be in. Where yeah. You've got music being piped in through the bushes and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just just artificial reality. It's very this kind of Bioshock thing. You're, yeah. Like in this planned community. Yeah. That's all. And like they, I was great going down there actually seeing a lot, a lot of like his like museum stuff about like the old cartoons and things sure and, yeah uh, i enjoy that stuff but i really want to go to the harry potter world but the thing is is that my wife has mild crowd anxiety yeah so it's like and and she's not she hates spending you... egregious amounts of money on things that she sees to be wasteful yeah so it is literally like this is the part where you guys yeah you guys personality conflict a little bit where it's, it's interesting personality stuff yeah you know? I'm just trying to get her to go on a road trip for our honeymoon. If I can get that, I don't give a shit. We can never go to a theme theme stone. Oh, no, 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 no. That's unrelated. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like, I'm trying to already trying to make her do one giant, huge money sink that she's not really interested in. I'm not going to try to Well, you guys are talking about going to San Francisco, like checking out like Barry Aquarium and stuff like that, right? We remember that big vacation I took about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Remember? (laughs) How sleepy that weekend. (laughs) I was gone for like two weeks. Oh, but yeah, no, I think you'd have a good time there, like... I like theme parks. Man, we need to find someone with a million dollars and, like, fund you, like, a trip to, uh, uh, Yeah, I should do what fucking Lucy nicely did. Man, you should do, like, go for Wired. You should be the person who goes to, like, the Harry Potter, World of Harry Potter bullshit. Yeah, because, like, don't, I think they sell wands there. Oh, yeah, they have Alamanders. them. No, not just wands, but supposedly there's stuff all throughout the park that, like, if you wave your wand, if you get the one of the special ones with the chip that's, like, yeah. $20 more than normal yeah. ones, which are already, like, 30 bucks, yeah. like, it will, like, cause things to move and, oh, that's and things adorable. like that. Yeah. That's adorable. I'm anyway. like, I like Harry Potter, but I still don't like it as much as you did. Yeah. And even I'm like, oh, that sounds fucking cool. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, no, I would totally like, yeah, the Cantina Bar. Yeah, sons. Yeah, there's some things that are just so obvious. Yeah. It's like, of course. It, it makes itself. Yeah. Not too many food establishments there. I guess the Cantina Bar could be where you go to eat, but yeah. do people, do they have actors chutting, ch- uh, chopping off each other's limbs like <laughs> at every hour? Maybe. Oh, no. man. Anyway. 
Hey everybody, did you know that Twitch pissed off a giant chunk of its user base this week by announcing that all previously archived videos will be deleted, and that all future archived videos will be censored if the audio in those videos triggers Google's automated copyright detection software? Oof. Twitch further fucked things up by contradicting itself about whether or not in-game music broadcast over Twitch uh, may be censored, leaving the door open for Twitch videos having their audio deleted if any third party piece of music is in say a grand theft auto uh sets off automated copyright detection software yeah so that's pretty much what you said the end it's mostly the thing is is that they announce this stuff without any warning mm-hmm. yeah out of the blue it's they, like they hey said it was your archives like right are deleted now. yeah so there wasn't chance for people to download shit people and that like afternoon went to go back yeah they and... started checking out their own videos and like oh my god mute like so what would happen would be it's the way it was working if uh they're I think it's called Auto Audio Magic is the software that the third party software that they're using to detect uh, third party like copyright infringed uh, music in streams would be if that software detects any music that it it thinks it's breaking copyright inside someone's stream it would mute the entire half hour on either sides of yeah. that 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 music being played. And so, yeah, that afternoon people were going to their archives like, oh my god, like, my entire stream's muted because, like, yeah. some kind of, like, as often as not, it was music from inside the game that was setting yeah. off. Well, it's already kind <sighs> of a weird like... thing because, like, the games are copyrighted, like, held well, by... That's... Well, I saw some people, like, so some, it's like, some it's... copyright people were saying, like, well, technically the existence of Switch by itself is a yeah. giant copyright, legally kind of fuzzy kind of thing. Yeah. Which... Technically, yeah, but that's. But I'm just saying, if you're saying, if you're, if they're saying that a copyrighted content being streamed online is subject to copyright claims, then how is being a service that is a that literally allows people to stream copyrighted content online? That's the thing. They got to make some kind of. It's a weird line to cross. These companies, the companies, we were talking about this with Corey last night about like copyright stuff. About copyrights. Ideally, a good thing because you need to be able to, like, if you make yeah. something, you need to be able to control how it's right. used. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's so draconian with big corporations right That's now how they thing, use yeah. copyright about, like, uh, it's just stuff like this, like, being not being able to stream anything where you have music just playing in the background mm-hmm. is, I mean, I could see why it's justified that, like, they have a copyright claim to that because the people would abuse that just to essentially create their own pirate radio stations where you just well, that's that's the fear like that that's the fear but that's not, but that's not I, yeah but that's I wish there was some kind of way i mean that's not how law works where you go well that's that's not how they meant to use it but like yeah it's like, the whole it's... thing like neil gaiman said once the one thing that he said that sticks in my mind all the time is that the law is a hammer not a scalpel yeah exactly yeah and so this is just yeah the law the copyright law is just hammering the shit out of twitch in its user face right now yeah. so well and the thing look, is, and... is that twitch did not get any claim like anything pressed against this this is all pre- preventative yeah like they're just preempting this in yeah. Either either uh, Twitch has just got bought, or they're doing this in preparation for it being bought by Google. Mm-hmm. So this, the yeah, and it, it, it's also bad timing because you know they just really announced it officially. That's that's supposed to be going down, and yeah. less than a week later, it's suddenly like Twitch starts to fall apart because of all the, these changes that need to be made because it's going to be part of Google, and Google's already made deals with all these music companies and stuff about yeah. this yeah. stuff. So like Twitch content has to fall in line. Yeah, and that's why all the the old. Uh, uh, the Twitch streams are being deleted, all the old archived videos, because most of that stuff, you can't, like, they don't know how to, there's so much content that has been built yeah. up uh, on the Twitch archives that they can't go, it's not practical for anyone to go through and yeah. see which, which ones are copyrighted and infringing copyright and which aren't. So it's easier for them to say, delete it, we're going to start all over again in the future. Yeah, it's just, it's the thing about digital content that always gives me the heebie-jeebies is that I don't own it. Yeah. Like, my, my Steam library could go away tomorrow. Yeah. 
I don't own it. It just Especially gives now me that you're just downloading more video games and stuff like on your consoles and shit too. Like, yeah, it's like that's, that, well, that that that's kind of the grungy thing where these games that are owned by major corporations, which they're making more clear all the time that we're just renting them, not really yeah. owning them. Yeah. And the way we're sharing them is being fucked up. Yeah. By corporations, which from a technical point of view, they're justified in, yeah. in pressing their copyright. But at the same time, it's like if it's not in service to the consumer. Yeah, if it's not not in service to the letter of the law for the corporations, it seems the law keeps on defaulting to corporations. Oh, absolutely. Users, yeah. Which, I mean, that's the history of the world. Yeah. That's, that's nothing new, but it's just still just like... Which, granted, it, this is also... The law defaults to corporations on a lot more pressing matters than fucking Twitch. That, yes. But it's just yes. funny when it, it interrupts our, like, little yeah. gaming stuff. It's like, oh my god, corporations are evil. You know, when corporations do a lot more fucked up stuff than just, like, right. by Twitch and corrupted. But but yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Yeah, and that these guys fucked up by. That, that was the bigger so thing. I feel so bad for, like, all these people to whom streaming is a critical and core part of their life. Because Twitch has like been around just the, long enough to suddenly become. Suddenly, it's just been disrupted and this real and meaningful way that's people, what breaks my heart people who that this is their, their whole social thing people yeah. who this is the how they're making money it's like what if twitter tomorrow just deleted yeah everything? and it's, it's kind of shame because twitch was just really just hitting its stride in terms of popularity because yeah. like just in the last year you had like all the angry games done quick stuff really just blew up yeah and a lot of part a lot of this is doing a large parts you like a lot of like twitch stuff being on consoles helped really yeah it just blew up this year and it's just Sucks that it seems to be on the verge of like this. This maybe the thing that kind of kills it. Everyone's already talking about Twitch as the new Napster. Yeah. Where Twitch was like, you know, Napster was super famous until they got sold and yeah, it just got gutted. And... Well, it's one of those things. It's not. It's not. It's not just that these things were done. It was the way that they were done. That's the other thing. It came out of the blue, no warning. Yeah. And yeah, completely. It was because it's like if tomorrow I woke up and like my Flickr gallery was deleted. Yeah, and it'd and fucking again, break my heart. And Twitch is still being very whiffly about whether or not their service can differentiate between in-game, yeah, copyright infringing music versus yeah. ambient stuff. Like somebody may be listening to while they're playing a game. Yeah, and. Everyone knows there's no way that that, that, that no. there's to differentiate that. But Twitch is still being like, well, maybe we can figure out something. Which yeah. everyone knows that they're not gonna like. If you're playing Grand Theft Auto, it's gonna fuck up. Your 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 yeah. shit's gonna get uh, fucking flagged. And the other thing too, they implemented this with no way of appealing. Yes, that see again, that's the thing. It's and like, just like well, how do you do that? And like Emmett Shear, he was on. Uh, he did a Reddit AMA, ask me anything this week, and somebody asked him like, how do you launch this without having like an at least an appeals button? And his response was like. I think he typed like shoulder shrug or something yeah, like that. Where it's yeah. like, that's not the right answer. Yeah. Like I know he's being really hammered by. He's he's. Yeah. He, I, I I we know Emmett. He's a really sweet guy. We've been to weddings with Emmett. He's super yeah. cool. But that's still not the right. If you're selling your yeah. company to Google and you're gonna put yourself out there, that's well, you the have to have a better answer that... than. Well, we kind of just didn't think about that. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, like, it's. But on the other hand, it's like when you're just a part of a thing. You're not necessarily party to all the decisions made by oh, the no, thing, exactly. well, and then to be the face of it, it's like it's entirely possible this has already been sold to Google. So he's he's not making these decisions. Yeah. It's Google. He's just the forward facing part of the company now. So it's not. Or hell, yeah. it could be his legal department. Yeah, like it's so. not like the way things are executed. I I know from my day job. We'll have them <laughs> you on can the have podcast next the, week. We'll talk. We can have all <laughs> the good intentions in the world. No, we're not. No, no we're, we're not. talking about Lego. Actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it would turn into. I'm sure he would be relieved. I know. Yeah. Hey everybody, let's move on. Casey, oh I didn't know this. Oh yeah. Casey Hudson, the project lead on um, Kotor and Mass Effect, officially left Bioware this week. 
Bill makes a joke, something, something I calibrations. I kind of some kind of joke about, like, him leaving or something like that, but... I'm trying to think. He was working on the next... Was he working on the next um, Mass Effect project, or was he working on their new IP? According to Bioware, he got really... He kept on trying to build a... Uh, what, what's ED Go sex... Go uh-huh. Real-life okay. sex bot? Yep. Come on, Bill. And yeah. they said, no, we can't, no. And that's all he would talk about. It like, wasn't clear events. to me. I had thought that he was advising on the new Mass Effect project, but I think working on the said, new yeah. IP. Because actually, if you go to CaseyHudson.com, he even still is like, hard work on the new Mass Effect. Uh, and he hasn't yeah. updated it yet. To say. I think just this week he did update it to say, okay, guys, I'm leaving now. But just like last week, it was still. Yeah, so he was still advising, but he wasn't like mm-hmm. creative lead or anything like that. Huh. It sounds like he was kind of having his foot out the door for a while now. And this yeah. is just this official, just saying, hey, guys, I'm out of here. Um... So yeah, that's that's that that's really the end of an era though, because you know you had the founders leave yeah. of Bioware, and then you have the head creative guy from Knights of the Old Republic and, and Mass Effect, which are the two most popular things they've ever done. I was talking to Foley last night about how um, the games industry just kind of chews you up and spits you out, yeah, and um, how you know it's just by the nature you're only as good as the project you're working on, yeah. and uh, just the nature of that. And we were talking about a friend of ours who does visual effects, our friend Josie. And um, she worked at Harmonix and was laid off when they closed that, when they were retooling their MMO shooter thing. Oh, that's right. And it's like, she has these really, she's really talented. She has like 15, 20 years of experience in this very specialized field. But, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, my heart goes out to her. And Foley was like, well, can she she, like take those skills and apply it to movies or something? I'm like, that's even a worse industry to pursue. Yeah, exactly. That's all leaving the continent anyway and you know it's there that's even a more oh, notorious I didn't even think industry. about that yeah just even like even aside from gender stuff and everything else aside but just yeah like they're like yeah everything's being shipped overseas and so yeah it's like, movies and stuff. it's like gaming the gaming industry i love video games i love comics yeah. they are two mediums that are not kind to its creators Woof. I don't know if he said anything. I don't know if he's leaving gaming entirely. Yeah. I mean, if he left gaming, he'd always come back. But yeah. well, whereas the like the yeah the the the, the two founders of the company they left. They didn't yeah. just leave the company. They yeah. I like, told the one guy's like got a he's podcast about drawing yeah about yeah. brewing beer, and yeah. the other guy's like. I think just loves marshmallows. He's staying at home <laughs> eating marshmallows all day. Which, granted, they've made enough money off of this stuff they can afford to just essentially just retire. But yeah, no, Casey Hudson. He you know. Mass Effect did not necessarily end that well, but it's... I feel bad because when I hear Casey Hudson, I can't help but eh, just because there was the whistleblower. Whether they were true or not, maybe, whether it was a person who was just lying, yeah, who insisted that... Well, there was a person who claimed to be from the writer's room of Mass Effect 3. Said oh, that kind of basically this. all the bullshit and Mass Effect 3 ending was Casey Hudson pushing it through. Oh, that's right. And that originally none of the char- your beloved characters show up. Like, uh, what's his name? The pilot was going to die off screen oh, and like right. all this shit. And, so like, maybe it's better it off all... that he's gone. But then it's like, I'm like, I'm just being an asshole. Like, yeah. just basing things off of things I heard and who knows. All I'm saying is Casey Hudson was involved in one of my favorite video games properties of all time More yeah mass effect is seriously like if i had to choose like top five video game experiences mass yeah. effect probably as a whole all three games put without together, mass be... effect my wife would not be in a gaming which yeah. in of itself i owe a lot to it's funny like, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before my my friend and housemate joshin he's playing through the first two mass effects on pc right now and he's mm-hmm. kind of debating as to whether or not he wants to play mass effect 3 because he played that on the 360 and he, yeah he like everyone else is disappointed and it was like you gotta download that D- citadel dlc yeah and it's worth playing mass effect 3 just to go through just that that mission Oh my god. Yes. Oh, anyway, yeah, but yeah. 
Did you know that Terry Gilliam will try to make his Don Quixote movie again this winter? Though now the story is about a filmmaker going nuts while trying to make a Don Quixote film. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, so yeah, just a documentary at that point. So That's pretty yeah. funny. It's, it does sound better than Johnny Depp time traveling back to like, you know, 1572 or whatever to meet yeah. Don Quixote. Uh, oh, who would make a good Don, Don Quixote? Even if it's just fake Don Quixote. Because I'm assuming what I'm assuming it's going to be a Brazil thing where well, see, my thing have is... the actors and then he's going to like the filmmaker is going to go nuts and have the sequences where it's going to be like the realistic where he's trapped in the world of Don Quixote. If it's going to be if if it is about a filmmaker losing their sanity making this production, then you'd pick someone who's re- like a really sanitized Hollywood cast who, as the director loses their sanity, somehow becomes very authentic and kind very of real. Gritty and like, so you have from to be Klondike to Vikings. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, you'd have to have someone like totally doesn't look right and like totally too pretty but boy you like could rhyme up enough yeah to kind of and like turn into someone or with old age so makeup. Hugh Jackman as Don Quixote well she's way too young not like I don't know no it'd have to be like a pretty boy it had to be like Bradley Cooper or something like someone really <laughs> unexpected Blue? yeah like seriously like some like totally well, wrong Blue and Jack person Black are Don, Don seriously like that would be it it would be like that's how I would do it because it's about like the reality is it's this very sanitized whitewash cool, thing yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it just becomes something real and he's convinced that it's something real even though it's like this shitty bullshit like yeah. crappy whitewash thing I'm glad yeah. he got the financing to do the movie well I guess also if it, a lot, a lot of Gilliam. it takes place modern day that kind of cuts down the budget because you're just you know just such a shooting your own film equipment and stuff but yeah God damn you still make a movie he's like it's real I, thank god so he never weird. got to make a Harry Potter Oh, no, fuck that. I still say he would have made a good Harry Potter uh-huh. movie. He had the script. It's not like he would have been making the creative choices in terms uh-huh. of what happens and like, what comes out of people's mouths. He would have, they, he would have would scarred be... those kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Bill, did you know the King's Quest is coming back by way of the guys who made PB Winterbottom? I don't mention this because I don't know if you've ever played the King's Quest before. I was I not a Sierra. a seminal adventure game. I was not a Sierra kid. Yeah, the only no, Sierra what... games I played were Gabriel Knight. I know, so yeah, the King's Quest were kind of like the the apex of the the Sierra stuff. I know I have a lot of people I know a lot of people who play the King's Quest games, but I never partook. But yeah, PB Winterbottom, those guys. I, and I think that's the same studio that is also making the Neil Gaiman game that's supposed to be coming out. Hmm. Like, so I don't know if it's supposed to be like a text adventure. Or not well, text I think adventure, that's like, out soon. Right? Yeah, it's supposed to be out sometime this summer. I think that's that's the last I heard of it. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know where, how these guys got to be so powerful <laughs> as to become a Neil Gaiman co-conspirator and mm-hmm. also I like I don't know if King's Quest is going to be great if we're still kind of a side-scrolling graphic adventure rather than trying to make like Skyrim or something like that yeah. if they still just like made like if there's know. well Bill if there's I mean it's the team that made PB Winterbottom it's not like they're able to do <laughs> Skyrim oh man I saw so Retronauts like the old one-up podcast about old video games they have a YouTube channel now and uh, like uh, one of the videos they posted to YouTube was a playthrough of uh, Maniac Mansion for the 8-bit Nintendo mm-hmm. did you ever play that? No. Maniac Mansion no. and just think about Lucasfilm uh, the LucasArts uh, adventure games they're just funny just to see him just kind of like I played Day of the Tentacle but I did not play so Maniac that's Mansion. not so Day of the Tentacle was not did not involve what's his face Ron Gilbert yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was learning about while, while uh, I watching this playthrough I think Tim Schafer's first so? yeah. game where he was the lead because he was the guy doing this playthrough he was talking about like just a couple weeks ago he had done an interview with Ron Gilbert so he was talking about like Ron mm-hmm. Gilbert says this Ron Gilbert says that and he was talking about how yeah day of the tentacle was a different and that's why the art style is completely different and stuff like that too yeah which i always like the cartoony art style oh it's beautiful well, it's the beautiful extras game. i've seen like everyone's like, like 
yeah. Although I guess the characters aren't blue anymore because in the first one, like the family, like the Kukuki family, they're all blue skinned. I think they're supposed to be dead or irradiated or something. Oh, like that. Huh. They look kind of like normal in the. Did you ever see the Media Mansion TV show? No, but I was involved in uh, LucasArts fan site back today, so I saw lots of screenshots from <laughs> okay, it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so what's Day of the Tentacle about? I, I I haven't played it in a long time, but the you it's there's a lot of time travel and you control you swap between controlling three different characters. Okay, so it is just like the first mini mansion, except for no time travel. Yeah. Anyway, this is a yeah, great talk about King's Cross. Uh, images have been leaked online that suggest that the PS4 UI may be getting a slight overhaul pretty soon. Nothing too huge, but you can lump games into folders, and in-game achievements slash game invite notifications will be much larger and more detailed. Yeah, assuming this isn't bullshit, but it seems kind of nice. It, it's still blue and stuff like that. It looks like the same thing, except... Man, just being able to put my games in folders will be nice. Yeah, so, like, the 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 the, 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 the picture I saw was just, like, my favorite games. And, yeah. like, the, the icon suddenly gets split into how many games you have into that folder so yeah. you have like a little like little transistor a little this, a little that. yeah because the way the so. ps4 console works now is that it's just like a march of ants of all the games you've played recently yeah i've only had the console for six months and i haven't bought that much stuff but it is like actually yeah. like when i look I'm yeah like, actually i have a decent old... see that was my thing i'm like i haven't played very many games on the ps4 oh then i boot it up and like look at all these yeah. fucking games on here yeah. for christ's sake yeah. So it'll be nice. And yeah, also achievements and stuff like that. Because right now, if you get an achievement or if you get a party invite, just a little black box shows up in the corner of the screen that mm -hmm. says you've got an achievement. It doesn't tell you what the achievement is or anything like mm -hmm. that. This, now a whole thing pops up where like a third of the screen pops in real quick that says, you got this achievement. This is how rare it is. How many other people have ever gotten this achievement? It specifically tells you you got this achievement because you killed this boss. Or you I don't know thing. how I feel about that. That's very well, disruptive. Well, you can turn that off. To the game experience. Um, like, party notification, that's helpful. Well, that's the other party thing. Notification specifically says, like, very big, very obvious. Because right now it just says, you've received an invite. Yeah. I'm like, an invite from who for what? Yeah. Now it says, you got an invite from Grumpy Turtle for this yeah. game, for this lane hell. Yeah. Like, yeah, so. Yeah, because there have been times where that notification out of the corner of my eye, I can't distinguish it from just a message. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So this is very, so. if anything, this seems to be going the other way where it's going to be like, Oh, yeah. I just lost half the screen because now it's like, yeah. yeah, pay me. Yeah, so. Julian Anderson co-wrote a sci-fi thriller novel with Jeff Rovin, the author of all those How to Win at Nintendo yeah, books Yeah, which I have one right here. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was that guy. <laughs> that guy. Did you see this guy has been the co-writer for a lot of Tom Clancy's thrillers and shit? That's what he saw. He's in the 80s. All he did was write How to Win at Nintendo and How to Win at Sega. And then somehow, yeah, he just wound up writing, co-writing a shitload of Tom Clancy books. Which cracks me up. Did you read the premise of this book? I I, I forgot what it was. It's though. about a, a child. Is it essentially an X Files? Her X Files character? Not necessarily. I thought it was. It's about a female child psychiatrist. Female. Female. Human. <laughs> female. Child psychologist. Human. Her female. specialty is working with children who have been um, uh, emotionally affected by oh, war. See, yeah. Which is funny because it's like basically this is like what happens to all the victims of all the people in the Tom Clancy books. <laughs> so, uh, so which war? Star Wars? You officially? I have not read. Oh. Bill, for all I know, it could one. be set I in saw, medieval ages. I guess David Duchovny retweeted her her announcement of this uh -huh. being published, and everyone's like, "Oh, David Duchovny retweeted! It's like they're together again." <laughs> I was like, "Calm down, everybody!" <laughs> I guess, especially, I guess he announced that he's getting a divorce this week, so people are like, "He took the time out of getting divorced." <laughs> I love oh, the people internet. Care about this shit. Oh, anyway, yeah, I thought that was uh, really sweet. 
Civilians in an abandoned McDonald's seize control of a wandering space satellite. I lo- I read this article too. I love how weirdly um, alarmist that headline is, yeah. as opposed Civilians to the actual ab- reality. Yeah. Seize control of wandering space yeah. satellite. And yeah. so they so it's basically these uh, people who are a combination of genuine ex NASA employees and just kind of young punks did a Kickstarter to raise money so they could get supplies to. I never heard about this. I would have totally donated this. this there was a, there's this satellite that. Uh, was abandoned by NASA. I want to say in like the seventies or something like that. They, they did, said it's been at least twenty years. Yeah, yeah. it's been. Uh, it was doing like it was doing research on solar flares, and at a certain point, it flew out of the range. They're like, that's it. It's not going to be back in range until twenty fourteen. It is now back in range, and NASA is not using it because it's really outdated. And it's one of those things where it is so outdated, the issue is is just like having the right equipment to even be able to communicate with it. So, and NASA had no interest in resuming contact with it. So these ex NASA staffers and these young scientists are like, "Well, is it okay if we make contact?" And it's one of those things where NASA can't say. Yeah, because there's no precedence for this because no one's ever taken, no civilians have ever even offered to take control of a military or like any kind of like yeah like yeah. government hardware like this before. yeah but there's no reason why they can't yeah so they nasa didn't say no but nasa was like what do you can like, we give yeah, you a manual guys, like but yeah. the, like the lead of this project is dead they said nasa wanted They're, to help but they weren't quite they weren't sure what able play to, they were allowed to do because, exactly yeah. it's a weird scenario so sure enough these folks what's interesting about this is that these folks i think this month are making contact with this sat- like they've started making satellite they've adjusted its trajectory and so they're going to be doing more research with it but what's interesting is that they're going to be providing all the research, all the data in real time as it's being discovered. So usually with any sort of space, like surveying or any sort of studies, it's kind of filtered through NASA and that takes time and they they kind of call out any extraneous information and then they come up with their presentation. This will be it. Like everyone will be able to see everything, all the data that the satellite is That's providing in real time. Yeah. It's a genuine open source This ancient science. busted ass satellite. Yeah. yeah, and on top of that, they were looking for a place to um, put <laughs> up their offices and there were two places there was like an old coffee shop or an abandoned mcdonald's yeah and um the coffee shop got hit by a car so they went to the mcdonald's so it's just these scientists and like like their main monitor for for for, for like for their little like the little national control center they're built inside this abandoned mcdonald's is a tv they found in the garbage yeah they fixed the power supply supply on on it yeah and they have like an old mac and all these things like some bad macs like yeah yeah, oh and they said uh, unfortunately it'll take a couple days for uh, the solar cells to reheat the uh, satellite's laser beam. Yeah. <laughs> so they can toast the Earth. Well, that's the thing is that NASA, there is a battery on the thing that's powered yeah, that's down. What I'm about, but yeah. they have solar cells that power 98% of it. So they're going to see what they can even get from it. It's a fascinating, this is, fascinating I circumstance. I heard nothing about this until right before we started recording. I saw yeah. that I just put, like, dumped it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah without contact. It's really just I love science. Man, that is great. Science, like little man. hobo back. Like little, like little, like in the in the backwood shed. Have you ever like seen um, stuff? I, it's funny because a friend of the podcast, Sid, was talking about how they had never seen. Uh, they they were like, "What sci-fi films do you recommend?" And I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Well, I was thinking of all the sci-fi that movies that I like, and one of the ones I thought of that I haven't seen in a while is actually one of the few anime movies that I really, the first one I ever really liked, is this um show called." It's either called Royal Space Force or Wings of Hanamis. Yeah. I may be saying that wrong. I saw it myself, too. Yeah, JoJo is a huge fan of that. It's something that I really love. It just hit me the right way. And it's hard to say why, because there's some issues with it. Like, there's a really questionable... (laughs) 
sex scene in it that is really an assault scene totally with right. it. Yeah, I was about to ask it's really story. bad. And um, but I really like it. And the premise of it is basically, um, it's like this world where it's pretty much like our world, except the space race never really set off. And so there is a space program, but no one really believes in it. They have no support, no supplies. And it's very programs, rickety. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I can think of all the time. I was like, oh, it's like did you recommend it Space Force. Yeah, I did. I said, Sid, you should watch this. Was she sp- requesting any kind of specific kind of science fiction? They just hadn't seen a lot of sci-fi, so okay. I was like, here's some sci-fi. Should I have her on the show? We can quiz her about what she's seen and hasn't seen. Well, they watched um, Brazil for oh, the first really? time. Oh, excuse me. Um, they watched Blade Runner. Because I was like, here's some movies you just kind of see. I didn't see Blade Runner until I was in my 20s, too. Really? There are a lot of sci-fi movies where it's like, these are seminal films that I didn't see until much, much later. Yeah. But it's interesting because their response to seeing Blade Runner was, um, man, I don't like cyberpunk. I was thinking about it. I'd never qualify Blade Runner as cyberpunk. Is there nothing about the internet or anything in there? Well, I don't necessarily not even think of cyberpunk as requiring internet See, I was thinking stuff. about, like, electronic, like, yeah, tech stuff. I think most people, like, associate anything with robots with cyberpunk, but I don't think Well, of... if you're thinking about kind of that cyberpunk style, like, like kind of like that I don't think, kind of see, I think I see Blade Runner as being more neo-noir than cyberpunk. Yeah, that, that's what I say, too. Yeah. It was just interesting. Although there's a lot of, like, the, the, like, a lot of William Gibson stuff has kind of like well, that's neo-noir the thing. stuff it's in like, there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a lot of crossover there, but it was just interesting. That's I what never I'm saying. Like, I think that. aesthetically that wise, I think that's... I also recommended that they watch Dread. Which they really like. I'm still yes. saving that for a rainy day. Dread. No, um, I want to rewatch Dread. Well, she needs to do an Attack the Block Judge Dread uh, double feature because they're both about, you know, uh, the, the, and then watch the raid too for no for yeah, attacking like yeah, but a bunch of action scenes uh, inside an apartment complex. Yeah. yeah. So well, have you ever seen Attack the Block? I still have not. Conley and Jimmy and I times. were gonna have a movie night and to watch it and like literally it we were getting together for the movie night and something happened and we wound up. I can always give it to you. Sometime, yeah. I I have it. I just have never watched it. It's like the Goonies. It's, really... it's like the Goonies, but also the raid. Boy, that's not a way to sell it on me. <laughs> Bill, I'm not a boy of the 80s. You can't pitch things on me. If you see Attack the Block, you'll be really... Knowing that the main guy in Attack the Block is in Star Wars, I was like, oh man, that's fucking cool. Because like, yeah. the guy's, it's not like he, he's a very quiet guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Boyega, the the, yeah. the, the, the the super quiet black guy, but he's like just intense enough. It's like, oh man, that guy's actually like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. he, he'd be interesting in a... Because you wouldn't expect him to be in like a big space opera because he's so quiet and intense. It's on my to watch list, but I'm too busy watching Klondike. Now you're done with Klondike, and right? It. Well, now I have to go back to Hell on Wheels. <laughs> and fully wants to watch Teen Wolf. God. And we have something else on our agenda. Can't remember what. Man, there's nothing else. I watched some Gravity Falls this week. I'm trying to catch up because the new season started. Yeah, oh, fucking but, Gravity like, Falls. I don't, any, so good. I, don't, I don't have that much on our TV on my plate right now, aside from like just Cora. And... May I recommend Vikings? It is. I have to check the it first out. season is kind of meh. Uh, the second Can season the is second really, really without, good. Uh, without the context of the first season? Probably. I think it'd be, yeah. you'd be better off because there is a lot of stuff. Like, pretty pretty much is build, the first season builds the stakes for the second season. I need to start lending you guys my Star Trek Next Generation Blu rays. No. <laughs> No, thank you. Star Trek: East Space Night starts coming on Blu-ray soon. Woof. Fully still want to watch that. Bill, I can't imagine anything less necessary than the phrase "Star Trek on Blu-ray." <laughs> Why'd you do that, Bill? Bill just tried one of the Frito Lay's novelty flavor chips, and with that, well, he regrets his decision. Oh my god! Which, which flavor was that? That was cappuccino. Why would it's you kind even of try that? It tastes like an old woman's coffee fart. <laughs> It's supposed to be young Why do they work? do coffee oh, cappuccino? Man, Thank that... you, Daniel, for the tips. <laughs> I gotta try one of the bacon mac and cheese ones to try to cleanse that flavor out of my mouth. You I'm... want one? No. 
I do not want your novelty flavor potato chips. Tastes like a cheesy chip. Oof. No, don't put that near me. Um, I'm really <laughs> excited. Next week, face. I'm actually going to a uh, guest on another podcast. Is that going to be uh, Calamity John's? Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the podcast, Calamity John, is starting a Columbo podcast called And One More Thing. Oh, really? Where he and uh, his pal, RJ White, watch an episode of Columbo and discuss it. They're oh. not in any particular order. They invite guests on. Uh, they're inviting Brenna and I as um, representatives of the Lady Lake podcast to watch. We, we actually just watched the episode last week. I've never seen a Columbo before. Columbo's great. So you're watching amazing. the show, not like made for TV movies or anything like that? Oh, I'm, I, I imagine they'll watch all Columbo Isn't things. Isn't like, really I watched, and it was late 60s, I think. Oh, okay. Um, uh, mid to late 60s. Maybe but yeah, I'd never seen a Columbo the, before. Uh, it's a prequel to The Princess Bride. Just think there about it that way. Yeah. There we go. That's it. I'd never seen a Columbo. Yeah, so yes, next week, uh, uh, listen in to, uh, and one more thing, the Columbo podcast, and, which is great. I have a joke that I, I'm saving for there, which is, um, it lasts. I'll be on a podcast <laughs> more niche than, than my lesbian romance novel podcast. Oh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to pimp uh, Lady Like It much? Of course I am. I'm going to yes! go there as a lady liker. So, but are you not going to talk about Benton? No. All of y'all think I have all these things to say about Benton. It's a thing I no, play, I build that I don't even say. to talk about Benton, though, well, but it's I'm not going to be this Columbo podcast. It'll be, it's going to be someone else's podcast? Well, John is going to do like a personal podcast. This is a Columbo thing podcast. Oh, well, yeah, okay. So he's There's got not a lot of room podcasts? for me to talk about my Western cow, Lego Cowboys yeah. on a Lego podcast. Andy, I would totally listen to like a monthly just update Benton podcast. <laughs> That's cast. just like five minute episode, like once a month. My, uh, like, what we got on update? Yeah. Hey, everybody, this was the Boy Howdy Podcast. Um, we're boyhowdypodcast.com, at boyhowdypodcast on Twitter, howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com is a way that you can contact us. And um, we'll be back next week to talk about more bullshit. More bullshit. Summer's almost over. We gotta start getting ready yeah. for, for fall. Man, fall. Fall is the time when the things that I am phobic of fill Portland. I'm not looking forward to this. Just as I was walking into Bill, the way I come and visit Bill is I come in through his backyard down through the basement. And just today, I had to break three different strands of the things of which I am phobic to get in there. Through the, through the gate that you came through? Uh, there was one there. There was another one between the ocean's Don't's car and the yard. always complaining about, the like, yard. right by the gate, yeah. Ugh, it's gonna get worse, and I'm not looking forward to it. So, welcome to the next few months of Annie's Unmitigating Fear. We'll talk to y'all next week. Woo! Is it really spider season in, 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 in fall? Is spider season in Portland? Yeah. I've never noticed. And I live in a basement. You I think I should be a all... huge Shrekophobe. I noticed, my friend. Trust me. No. And we don't say their word because it, their name because it gives them too much power. Did I say that out loud? Yes, you did. did you I said say, it twice. I meant to say bunnies. Now it's kind of where bunnies, bunnies trigger, are triggering to me. Like the word bunnies. Yeah, you're associating too much. And also fluffy. Fluffy is another euphemism we word. Now fluffy is a is triggering word to me. Columbo. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> I just imagine a giant... Have you ever watched um, Black Books? Yeah. There's a bit on Black Book where he says Kabumbo. Right? Is he drunk? Well, he's talking about, apparently he did some sort of, he has a bit called Kabumbo where it's, he's <laughs> Kabumbo, he's Columbo with no pants. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. That's the best part. Yeah. I, the, I, what I remember from uh, Black Books is there's one where like, I guess you made, made like a, a wine lollipop. Yes. Like, like smashes the wine bottle. And <laughs> he like, freezes they... while the wine smashes the glass. Well, that's his face, right? That's, uh. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. um, Dylan Moran. 
Yeah. He's the best. Yeah, which you guys actually got me into. It's funny because my first exposure to him was uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah, so the guy not, gets torn apart. It is not. But then the later most... you guys are like, Dylan Moran's so great. <laughs> yeah, Foley's a big Dylan Moran fan. So. We actually yeah. got to see him when he came to Portland. Yeah. I'm really glad you're still recording this because this is all really insightful shit. This is a bonus material for people who donate to our Kickstarter. There you go. Oh, our Patreon. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Call the wild and in Benton. Do you have a werewolf? Stop. Do you have werewolves in Benton? (laughs) No. Sexy werewolves? No. So okay, so people just happen to be animals, but there's no like that. They're just people who are animals. Okay. It's not a. There's not a supernatural thing. From a world building building perspective. Okay, yeah. Just just like Disney's Robin Hood, they're all animals, but it's not like I'm a chicken. I'm gonna talk about how I'm a chicken. Here's an egg. I'm gonna throw my eggs at you because I'm a chicken. Yeah. Great. Okay. It's like this. It's like Disney quality world building. (laughs) What's, do you have an I want song for anyone yet? <laughs> I was done talking a minute and a half ago. I have to leave. <laughs> okay, yeah, and he has to go to the Lego shop. Okay, okay, we're ending now. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Mary of soul, she sailed on a day over the sea to sky.